Savannah, what are we doing here? What is this called? Uh, this is Headcanon. Wh- who's uh, he? Uh, that is James Taylor, and you are Marco Sparks. And who are you? I'm Savannah Bernier. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a long time. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, Savannah <laughs> is here because she uh, participated in our trouble contest. She's the the final winner. I mean, I, maybe we'll do an, another contest at some point, but the final winner of the uh, review contest. So thanks for reading a review or reading the book and leaving a review and all that. I appreciate Absolutely. it. I suppose we can talk about trouble a little at the end if you want as well. Okay. I'm yeah, down. Fuck it. We'll just tell you who the stranger is. We don't care. <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone else. Either, <laughs> <though>. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to begin the pod? Yeah. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco. And we are joined by Savannah. How are you doing, Savannah? Hello. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. The start of my weekend has just begun, so I'm in a good mood. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to be talking this week about Beetlejuice, the uh, 1998 movie, I think it is, which uh, Savannah just informed us that she rewatched eight times in the past week to prepare, which is um, a lot. Mm-hmm. Gotta be on my game, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> if you if you say his name twice more, James, he shows up, right? Beetlejuice. We'll wait for the third one. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't wait to get Michael Keaton on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, that would be dope, though, right? Michael <laughs> Keaton just appeared like that would be ultimate. Michael Keaton seems like one of those guys who would be really cool to hang out with, even though he's much older now. He's out there, but I would absolutely love to meet him. He's my my favorite crazy celebrity story, and I, I, it might be apocryphal, is, do you remember, James, the, I think you told me, the Val Kilmer story? Maybe you didn't tell me. It was Which like one? some guy's driving and Val Kilmer just shows up, apparently, like, gets in this, his, like, passenger seat and says, I'm Val Kilmer, take me to the strip club. That's I like, like my, that story. I hope that's true. It's that's not my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite ridiculous like uh, celebrity story. So I would love if Michael Keaton was just like, "Hey, what's up? You want to get like uh, egg McMuffin or something?" You know. I, I... <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to the movie, we have our usual uh, discussion of what we're watching, reading, listening to. So, Savannah, we'll start with you. What are you watching these days? For sure. So um, I have a couple things. Uh, my first one is. Friends that I'm re-watching for about like the 10th time. Um, my favorite sitcom, I can still watch it and it always makes me laugh. Um, and I really appreciated the joke in Trouble with um, Joey throwing the wooden leg to the fire. When I read that, I was like, hell yeah, that's like one of my favorite shows. Um, so I've been re-watching that. And then um, also You with Penn Badgley. Um, I've seen it before, but my boyfriend hasn't. So it's his first watch through. Um, in my opinion, I think Penn Badgley is like kind of a douche in real life, but Shane <laughs> Mitchell's in the first season. So it's also like, you know, still good. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I got uh, like this horror movie poster board from TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like it just made me buy it. And so it's a hundred like horror movies. And so far we've knocked off 18 of them. Nice. So it's pretty much like date night horror movie pretty much all the time in my house every week but yeah that's been super fun i 
love horror movies, so it's been great. TikTok What's... sells you things. What's that? TikTok will sell you things. Like you can buy things in TikTok. No, you can't. But I okay. saw it on TikTok. Oh, okay, and I was so it was like, like I'm going to Amazon right. and buying this. <laughs> like, like what? What Instagram used to be before Instagram was like, let's actually just put links and shit in mm-hmm. there. And Essentially. Ads. What's the been the best of the horror movies on this poster board? So I on um, like we've already seen quite a few of the ones that like we like will throw a quarter onto it and whatever it lands on we'll watch. Nice. Um, my favorite one that we've got so far that I had never seen before was Brain Dead. <laughs> okay, right on. And I kick ass God, for the Lord. The <laughs> amount of gore and the crazy rat and it was or monkey whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah, that was definitely like. The whole time I'm like, how am I 29 years old? I've never seen this movie before. It was amazing. So that by far has been like the the key one for sure. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun bananas movie. <laughs> it was it was interesting, but the whole time, like I was just like, this is so dope. <laughs> I just remember watching that in Army of Darkness in like my freshman year of college, and it was like I've entered a new world. Yeah, yeah, well, it's kind of like Tim Burton does Army of Darkness, like in a weird way with like the weird monkey rat thing and mm-hmm. the ridiculous amount of gore, pus <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, yeah, I, that's been my favorite. I feel like you can kind of see where like a, a certain. Obviously, it was more gory and, and the other guy doesn't do it, but like you can see where like that Kiwi humor of like Peter Jackson, like kind of we have like like uh, uh, Taika Waititi now. He doesn't yeah. do like straight up horror, but like it's a very certain kind of absurdist humor that I kind right? of appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to like enjoy that type of oddness in a movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it very much. That was like a 10 out of 10 for me. I loved okay. it. <laughs> All right. Marco, what are you watching? Uh, I finally watched Shiva Baby, which uh, or Shiva Baby, which I've been waiting for for a while. And um, shit, what else have I been watching? I've been forcing myself through Parks and Rec. Not forcing because the show's fine, but like everyone who like talks about that show loves that show. I've appreciated it through like YouTube clips, but I've been like forcing myself on. I'm just trying to you know feel something as I watch it. Mm-hmm. So, James. Right uh, what have I been watching lately? I I've been so busy, I haven't had a ton of time. Um, I w- finally got around to watching Chunking Express, which mm. is a Wong Kar Wai film from I think the '90s. Uh, that was fun and interesting and weird. It's definitely a mood movie. Um, and then other than that, just the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, watching the MCU mainstream. So you have not seen In the Mood for Love yet? No. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's it's weird how like I feel like that show is kind of like it's the cultural zeitgeist right now, and everything in Marvel is kind of graded on a curve. Where it's like I guess it's good for Marvel, you know? <laughs> like you couldn't really compare it to like I don't know The Wire, or Breaking Bad, or something, or Mad Men. But um, as far as Marvel shows go, it's it's nice to actually have like the time to like get into the characters. Cause before I watched the show, I could not have cared less about Bucky Barnes, but like they actually let Sebastian Stan act and like have scenes. So I'm enjoying it for that. Would you say that his is the better served storyline in this show? So far. I mean, I, I feel like they're, they're juggling a lot of balls where they, they've got obviously Falcon Winter Soldier, but then there's all the, the new Captain America stuff too. And the flag smasher. So I, I feel like, 
the big Sam Wilson episode. It was kind of this last episode, but I feel like it's still yet to come. I really like, uh, uh, I forgot her name, but Emphis Nest. I like right, her. Yeah, Aaron I don't think that this, I don't think this storyline, I, I think it's kind of dumb. Oh, well, I, I apparently, I'm not sure if this is true. I read it on the internet, so it must be true. But um, originally, I think the plot line for the Flag Smashers was they were, they, they liked it when Thanos had done the snap and like half of the world was like annihilated. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to return the world to that by unleashing a virus. And then COVID happened. <laughs> yeah. So I think they they actually filmed some of it before the pandemic and some, you know, during. And so they had to reshuffle the plot lines, which is why everything with them feels a little kind of herky jerky and like doesn't totally make sense all the time. And I think it's because they had to repurpose some of the stuff they shot and like, you know, cut in new stuff to like change the plot line. This has got to be so boring for Santa. But like, I feel like. I don't watch Marvel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like my boy Falcon got the dumbest ass storyline he could possibly gotten. Also, he can say to Emphis Nest, like, hey, I, I, I know where you're coming from. And it's like, do you, my, my man? Because like, like, she's like happier about a world when four billion fucking people were wiped out. I don't know that I can totally like get on board with her here. You kind of just have to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what are we listening to right now? Savannah. Um, so I was a little late to the scene, but Taylor Swift, man, <laughs> evermore. Like, nice. I like it a lot more than folk. Um, the first one, mm-hmm. obviously. But yeah, evermore. That's like when I can't sleep at night. First thing I do is pop that on. And then besides that, um, I love listening to some 80s. I got a good 80s playlist that I like to bump while I'm working. And you know, good old Michael Jackson, Cindy Lauper, Talking Heads. Nice. All that nice. fun stuff. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's about it. Marco. Uh, I've been listening to the new Taylor Swift. I, you know, I'm not a huge Fearless fan, but it's it's an interesting album. So I'm kind of discovering slash rediscovering parts of it. Uh, but I've been had a weird, I've had a weird week where I've listened to certain artists like all day long. Like I listened to the same two new pornographer song mm. all day long the other day. Um, but I mean like the same two songs over and over. What, and what over. two songs? Uh, moves and we end up together mm. so it's it's been a time mm, what about okay. you James? interesting um yeah i'm so basic and boring you know just evermore at night to go to sleep um i have not listened to the new taylor swift or the you know the, the re-release or whatever the taylor swift album but uh the the one song she released the mr perfectly fine i've listened to that a few times mm. maybe she'll remake Joe jonas she'll remake this movie and it'll just be called beach taylor's mm-hmm. version <laughs> All right. Well, what are we reading? Savannah. Um, so I haven't started it, but I'm about to, and it's not that great. But um, so I bought Midnight Sun back oh, okay. in like <laughs> August, which is the uh, Twilight version, but through Edward's eyes. Okay. And I read half through it within like two days, but Edward is just such a whiny little bitch. I had to stop and put it down so I'm not like the biggest reader but that has been like sitting on my night desk for a while and it's like hey you should pick me up again I'm like okay maybe maybe it's time I can uh endure some more of his um Edwardness it's it's just the the first book from his perspective right it's not like the whole series yeah it's just twilight but Mm -hmm. like he's already like kind of unbearable in the other books Mm -hmm. um just even through Bella's eyes. And I'm like, I have to read this through Edwards, but I'm a huge fan. So I'm like, 
I should, but now I'm like, am I that much of a fan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Does he have I a just, lot of inner monologues about his marble skin, like the way that uh, Bella would write about him. No, no, no. Hold on. Does, I swear to God, like he... 45 pages of that. <laughs> does he Does he have like a huge chapter in which she walks into the classroom and he's just like covering his nose because she smells so Dude, wonderfully thing, foul? Like 45 pages of that. It's just like, Amazing. I'm just so crazily in love, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, and he's just like, I'm just such this monster and this cretin and I shouldn't be alive and I love her. Should I kill her? And it's just like, all right, tone it down, dude. Like, <laughs> didn't did they already do a version of the first book where there was like gender swapped? So I think that's the same thing. So like, she like uh, Stephanie Meyer was originally going to release Midnight Sun years ago. And it got like leaked, right? It got leaked, and so that's why she put it off. And I don't know if it was completed at that point, but um, so this is the actual release of it and i was so stoked like i already pre-ordered it and i like read a bunch of it and then i was like i gotta put this down man like (laughs) this is no longer fun for me (laughs) okay so there was a book called life and death twilight reimagined in which it's the same book but she just swapped the genders to give you that perspective i thought that was fanfic i thought it was i mean i could be wrong (laughs) i could be wrong i'm not too sure but i'm pretty sure that was just fan fiction so, because I know I've held it in my hand before, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia at the cover. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, the yeah, I could try that, but <laughs> follows the plot of Beaufort Swan. <laughs> See, that awful. sounds like that sounds like fan fiction. <laughs> uh, as as Bo, as he's called, walks into class, a fan blows his scent towards Edith Cullen, <laughs> and Edith is spelled horribly. Okay, yeah, Amazon says this is written by Stephanie Meyer. I kind of can't believe yeah. it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess feel like I'll people were just like, it. let's please not remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy it. I can't guarantee I'll read it, but I guess I'll get it. <laughs> You're just going to seven bucks for the it. paperback. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it right next to Midnight Sun and just debate every night. Like, do I want to or no? <laughs> you heard Edward Swan and uh, Edith Cullen. But look how it's spelled. It's horrible. Yeah, Edith is spelled E-D-Y-T-H-E. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Well, I maybe won't buy it then. Uh, I'll skip on that one. <laughs> every time she's writing it, she's just like, cha-ching. <laughs> cha-ching. <laughs> All right, well, Marco, what are you reading? Uh, I've been reading a book called Maxwell's Demon by Stephen Hall that I've been waiting for for like 13 years. So hmm. that's what I've been reading. James? Uh, still waking, making my way through Master of the Rebels. It's um, it's moving along. This is the one where you were like, you didn't want to hear the truth about Bucky Shakespeare. I I don't want to know whether or not Shakespeare had a brother because it might be a spoiler for the book. Oh, Nedward. Ned is how he's uh, referred. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the main event: Beetlejuice. Uh, I think Savannah, you're going to have to go first with your opening statement. What do you have to say about this movie? Alrighty. Well, a lot of it's going to sound kind of cliche, but um, for 1988, I mean, I feel like it really like stands up really well. It's very, very Tim Burton-y, obviously, but um, it's just like a cult classic. It's one of those things I watched when I was not necessarily a kid, but, you know, I kind of I don't want to say grew up with it, but it was one of those things that I saw when I was a young adult and I was just like, this is just like magic just because it's so like, it's supposed to be like a whore, but it's also in the same time, like, 
just so much fun. Um, and obviously the supercast, I mean, Michael Keaton, Winona Rutter, Catherine O'Hara, and which I didn't realize how much I loved him. I mean, despite his whole allegations, but the whole Jeffrey Jones <laughs> thing, but I didn't realize until I was rewatching how amazing he is in this movie. Like he was kind of the star of the show for me. Um, hmm. And then we got Alec Baldwin and it's weird for me. Cause I always forget this is Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. because when I think of him, I think of how he looks now and he looks so much different in this movie. Um, but then, yeah, you, then you got Lydia who's a nice emo. Woe is me type lady, but she's adorable. Um I just love the whole theme of the movie being dead, stuck in your house, you know, you're in limbo. Like, are you happy these people are here? Like, would you rather be in heaven, hell, yada, yada? Um, and, you know, sometimes like movies don't need like a super deep meaning to them. Sometimes they just want to be fun. And I feel like this is just one of those movies that are just like, it's just fun. And yeah, I just really enjoy it. I think it's just like a timeless classic, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> so that's mine. James. All right, Marco. Um, yeah, unfortunately, this movie features Jeffrey Jones. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I so when you suggested this, Savannah, I was like, I know I've seen the movie because I've carried this like genetic memory of like enjoying this movie, but I I could not I could not tell you other than like Michael Keaton and 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 Winona that that who like anything about the movie other than Deo. Like I, I like I remembered the banana boat song, um, but I watched the fuck out of the cartoon growing up. I fucking loved that cartoon. Which remembering the cartoon, like the movie became more horrific for me because I, um, I was like, I really don't want her and him to end up together at the end of this movie. <laughs> and they're like, they're like dating in the cartoon. It's very strange. Um, She's like twelve in the cartoon. I'm gonna throw that out there too. Is she? I I I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what age she's in the movie. She's like 13 to 17. I was going to say like 16, but when I looked it up, because I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like I absolutely hate the cartoon. And I looked <laughs> right. it up and she's 12 years old and he's always like calling her babe and all close. And it was just like, that's weird. Well, wow. but I mean, as a kid, I totally did not pick up on that. Other than the fact right. that I was, it was firm to me that they were dating. But like Winona's 17 in the movie. Anyway, it's got like... I gotta say I didn't totally connect with it watching it this time, but I appreciated like its snack for mixing the childlike and the bizarre. The it's like it's a horror movie, but it's not scary. It's funny. It's not exactly a comedy. Um, mm-hmm. Then the title character, who I went into this, you know, not remembering it, thinking he was just gonna be like a little stinker. Uh, this dude is an undead version of Pepe Le Pew. He, he, as I said on our our PLO one, he looks like a smegma goblin. I can't tell if that's like moss growing on his face or what. Um, it's fascinating me that he's only in like less than 15 minutes of this movie. I mean, he's basically Bruce the shark from Jaws. Uh, the fact that Tim Burton wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play this character is bananas to me. Um, but it's a plot is very similar to the others starring Nicole Kidman. But uh, Spoiler. With, with worse interior decorating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went and I, I was looking at like the Roger Ebert review of this movie. And I kind of agree with him the first part because he says the movie starts off so charmingly. And, the, and it like, it's like just like embers of that charm waft the rest of it. And then the rest of the movie is anticlimactic because you realize it's more about the antics than the characters. And I was like, man, that's, that's, so, that's so right in a lot of places. But I love Winona. Um, I think she's fantastic in this movie for as little as she's in it even. I can't even imagine this with Alyssa Milano, though I don't know if it really would have mattered at the time. 
But anyway, it's a it's a German expressionism cartoon for adults, and um, it was an enjoyable rewatch. Like I said, I don't know. I totally connected like I would have when I was younger. James. All right. Well, I I feel like the guy who never saw Goonies and only watched it when he was old. But um, I'd never seen this movie before. I'd seen a few clips here and there. I think I might have seen a little bit of it, like at school in fourth grade or something. That's it. Um, I I can't believe this is a rated PG movie aimed at kids. Like it's <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Like it, it definitely makes me miss like old Tim Burton. Like before he just started putting Johnny Depp and his girlfriends and everything. Um, I don't know. I, I almost I wish I'd I had more time to just like rewatch it a few times and kind of let it settle in because I, I really don't know what to make of it. It's so macabre and horrifying at times, but it's also very like strangely like sweet and sincere too. Um, it just feels like this kind of tossed off B movie that somehow shockingly became like a mainstream cultural touchstone. Like it's so weird. Uh, Michael Keaton's just completely unhinged. You've got you know young goth Winona. It's like a formative archetype of Generation X. Um, I did feel like Alec Baldwin felt like he was a little bit asleep in this movie. Like everybody else on the set was doing coke except for him. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I watched the movie, and it definitely makes me want to go watch Edward Scissorhands because I've also never seen that. Um, just for the the joy of seeing something just really weird and offbeat that would never get made today. You know, like it's like current filmmaking, even television. Like everything's so kind of controlled and tightly scripted, and it's all corporate IP that kind of stuff. Like this kind of like just batshit weirdness like it's it's really something and it's it's really that you you're getting the vision of a, a certain creative person for sure mm. yeah. he gets halfway there his girlfriend's in the movie <laughs> yeah his girlfriend's like the legs of the um She's the legs yeah the, oh, the, the magician's the magician assistant you saw in half yeah that was tim burton's tim at the burton's time girlfriend. girlfriend yeah oh yeah. i did not know that that's her legs that uh, uh beetlejuice is uh uh caressing oh okay good to yeah. know <laughs> so it tells you what Tim Burton's into. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, just dive right into the movie here. This is the second movie, uh, apparently, yeah. after Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. Pee Wee's Big Adventure has one of those moments, like like has tw- uh, twice in a David Lynch movie, has had a moment that scared the fuck out of me as a younger person <laughs> that still haunts me. And it's was when it, the the eyes pop out. Yeah, still scares the fuck out of me just to think about it. That's one of my other favorite Tim Burton movies ever. Like mm. either you love or hate Pee Wee, and I love that movie so much. And I remember like being like eight years old, and the same thing when Chiller like eyes would pop out. Like I would have nightmares about mm. that. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was definitely just kind of fish stick. Like you would definitely get nightmares from. Like I'm sure if I watched this movie as a kid. Some stuff like the weird, like snake head Beetlejuice stuff would just like that would keep yeah. me up at night. Yeah. Which is, would she like, like the, like, oh, when, yeah, when the she moment, pulls her face off? The moment yeah. from the ring, it's almost like that when she just rips her face off casually. <laughs> just on a noose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like the noose isn't doing it. So she's like, <laughs> I just watch it. I'm like, this is for kids. Like, how, how yeah. you would never get away with this now. People lose their minds that this came out in a PG movie. I, I had this fucking weird thing that I hated in my brain where it was like half the time of the movie, and I know it's a cartoon. I was like, I don't get the logic of this particular thing. <laughs> Whereas the other half of time, I'm like, sandworms, fine. I, I don't care. That's perfect. Yeah. They're on the planet Dune. I don't give a shit. Like, but the other half time, I was just like, 
So what are their abilities? Like they can just physically You're move. You're looking for the rules. Yeah. 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 I was like, or I think it's like, like it's solid that like it has to be the same person who says his name three times, right? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously some kind of rules matter in this movie. Mm-hmm. Some kind. Yeah. They kind of make themselves up as they go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we open up on this uh, kind of aerial shot of this small town. I think it's supposed to take place in Connecticut, but it was shot in Vermont or maybe vice versa, something like that. But yeah, New England town. And they kind of like very cleverly kind of fades into the uh, the model instead. And we don't you don't really notice at first that you're not seeing like a real landscape. It's uh, the, the model that they built in the attic here. And then this giant spider crawls over it, which is very creepy right off the bat. Or at least it looks. I, I feel like this is like the Rosetta Stone. It's mm-hmm. like because the the thing of the the effects is like they only gave him a million dollars for the effects, and he's like, "Fuck it, they're gonna look cheap." <laughs> and I think at a certain point, I was like, "Okay, they they look cheap." I, I'm totally on board with that. But I think this really sets you up to like, okay, this is. If you think that house looks fake, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, don't hate me here, but this is totally my number seven moment. Nice. Okay. This is my top moment. It's just the beginning because you like think you're like looking through like this house and this town, you know, it gets there and then all of a sudden it's just like this huge fucking spider. Sorry. This huge spider. <laughs> oh, you can swear on the podcast. It's yeah, this is God. this is a PG thirteen podcast, like this movie's PG thirteen. Sick PG. Uh, but yeah, so uh they're like there's a spider on it. And then my favorite part too is that he just like throws the spider out and I'm like, dude, you're on like the third story. <laughs> Like nice for just watching a spider homicide, but here you go, um, arachnophobia. Well, the the view outside his window—that's got to be fake, right? Like that's like a just a matte painting or something. Like it, so, like that's um, like that's like my whole thing with this whole movie in general is just like when you look at like the house from the outside, it looks like the model. When you look at the cars from inside the house, they look like models. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that had to do with the actual theming of the movie or the budget. <laughs> could be either or i guess <laughs> yeah because the house is like frank lloyd wright's norman bates house it's yeah. such a bizarre house but yeah uh taking your your comment earlier and expanding upon it this is absolutely i totally forgot that there was once upon a time a young ultra fuckable alec baldwin his hair is so weird in this <laughs> like yeah he's absolutely on quaaludes compared mm-hmm. to everyone else but it's just like damn he's very hunky Meanwhile, they've dressed Gina Davis like she's in a fucking cult. <laughs> she's wearing the weirdest dress, yeah. Dude, and her hair the whole time, like the way it's poofed out on the front and on the sides. Yeah, I'm with you. I was like, where are the other sister wives? <laughs> <laughs> he only wants one, and apparently it's Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah. Um, but these two dorks are like, like not that horny, but they, they're like on a staycation. I guess they're, they're so fucking excited. Yeah, about this they're so excited to just be at home to like do their weird hobbies. Yeah. So he owns the hardware store, right? I think Correct. so. Yeah. Okay. Because I yeah. watched this like one and a half times, and it wasn't to the well, second the, time. It's called one and a half. It's called Maitland's the hardware store. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But just imagine this was almost Bill Pullman and Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston seems too I don't know gothic or whatever. To, too Morticia. Yeah. Too yeah. Morticia. Um, but yeah, they got yeah, each other it, presents here. Which, what did she get him? Like paint or something? I think so. Yeah. Something really not exciting. He gets her like wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happy anniversary slash vacation. Let's get mm-hmm. some fucking wallpaper in this bitch. 
<laughs> they're they're so goddamn in love with their, their their frumpy house like like their like kitsch americana house um then her cousin jane the realtor shows up and is just like hey you should sell this house because you don't have children yes. you're barren dude why are they so nice to her they're just like we'll call you later jane i would be like dude get the like get the fuck out that was such a douche chill <laughs> moment she's like well don't you think a family should live here yeah but but you know Chekhov's childless couple. If mm-hmm. you mentioned in the first act, they're going to adopt a little golf girl of intermittent age by the third act. Also, doesn't I think Gina Davis says it's six forty five in the morning? Like that's insane. You should never go to someone's house that early. No, actually, well, during your staycation, why are you up at six forty five in the morning? Well, it's been up for question. a while. Yeah, been up for a while, being <laughs> horny for models and spiders. Yeah, very strange. Um, but yeah, they have, they live like in a pleasant small town. Like he has her drive her to the hardware store to pick up some shit. They even have like a bridges of Madison County, you know, a little covered bridge to drive through, which will See, kill them. I, I think of that as like the Ichabod crane bridge, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, totally. I mean, got, like, this- no shade to these guys, but uh, you probably could have walked and lived, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's a quarter mile. That's so true. I never thought of that. You got plenty of time. It's not even seven in the morning. (laughs) Well, and it's funny, like, that the dog is their demise. Like, oh, watch out for the dog. And then you, like, swerve off the, like, off the barn and the bridge, whatever. And then they're just, like, looking back at the dog. And he's like, well, fuck you guys. And just, like, walks right off. Yeah. It was a dog that killed him. Okay. I have my notes. Fuck this dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's... If I had like an eight number eight moment, it's just the dog on the one board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's if you can die that easily in this fucking bridge, I'm surprised that they're the first people to die in this town this way. Just, well, like the thing is, like their windows were already rolled down. They only dropped like what six feet. Yeah. Like you couldn't have gotten out of that. Like it did. It's not like a moving right. river. Caleb River survived that. And, uh, I was gonna say. It's the end of Ravenswood right here. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Although uh, Miranda did die. Yeah. Well, it's because Alec and Gina have, have different haircuts. Mm-hmm. If they had gotten the same haircut, one of them would have lived. <laughs> yeah. The dog, it's it's so Tim Burton. It's like, this is a movie for children where it's like, isn't this funny that this dog is the demise of our main characters? They, they just died because of this dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As he's like mm-hmm. bouncing on the one beam there. He's like, well, bye. Have fun in the river. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> but uh yeah they 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 wander back home they're soaking wet there's like a fire burning in the fireplace they're like her arm like straight up catches on fire at one point and and they're like huh that's odd maybe we're like, dead blows like her two fingers out and it's like okay i like the bit where well, he when he goes into the hardware store and like this like old guy barbers outside just rambling on and on and he just like uh-huh walks in gets his stuff walks right out the guy's just like still going on about whatever See you, Bob. <laughs> I can't wait for that to come. I can't wait for the town to come back into play. Yeah, you don't really see much the of the townsfolk. Because I was like, we see a lot of this town. I feel like, you know, like if Alec had been like singing a song about how much he fucking hated all of his village coworkers or whatever on the way, we would have seen more of them. Um, but yeah, so like they're they're back in the house. They can't remember how they got there. Like he steps off the front steps and then boom, he's on Dune. Sandworm. And there's sandworms. <laughs> And it's just never explained. You're just like, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he comes, he comes back. He's He's been gone for like two hours, apparently. 
uh, they go inside and she points out that they have no reflection like vampires. Okay, but my question is, why did she use the horse? It took me so long as a kid to be like, am I supposed to see a second horse here? Like, I understand like the waving in front of like the mirror, but mm-hmm. why did she use the horse as like a galloping little thing? It was very confusing. She's a horse girl. I think it's supposed to show, <laughs> look, this horse floating in the mirror with nothing holding it up, but the way it's filmed, you kind of can't, can't tell. See it. Yeah, because yeah, her exactly. hands like kind of covering it anyway, so you, you can't really tell. Yeah, yeah. It's a I just always movie. thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. Horse figurines. I guess this was the best they could do with, uh, you know, cheap effects here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a handbook on the table called "Handbook for the Recently Deceased" by the. Deceased. Yeah, the handbook for the recently deceased pressed. <laughs> Which I just like, he's like, it reads like a stereo guide. <laughs> Back in the day when uh, programming your stereo was a big deal, yeah. Yeah. So they're dead. Um, they're dead. They're still wearing the exact same clothes. Well, they'll be in for the rest of the movie. Oof. This is like super frumpy dress and like the black and uh, white like plaid shirt there. Like, I know trivia is not yet, but what I did read, too, is that originally, like, Tim Burton wanted them to be um, soaking wet, like, throughout the entire movie. Mm. Um, But I think, like, production-wise and also uncomfortability-wise is why Mm. he didn't. But it's, like, makes sense when they're, like, that's how you die. That's Mm -hmm. how, like, she dies and everything. And, like, they should technically be wet, but... That would yeah, it would have just been a pain to film the movie that way. Yeah, totally. Sense. But it's yeah. it's it's not a wet movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, that's Doesn't my. I, wet? I was just going to say, dry right creepiness. The, yeah, for a movie called Beach, like I kept waiting for this movie to be like subtly hornier, like beyond the main character. Dude, so when I was writing my notes, I was trying to shorten Beetlejuice, and then I just realized I just had BJ <laughs> yeah. all over my notes. And I was like, well, this looks uncomfortable. I'm trying to think. I don't feel like it's Tim Burton movie. is that horny of a filmmaker. I mean, sometimes he is with like his girlfriends in his movies, but for the most part. <laughs> only when mm-hmm. only when the main character is doing stuff to his girlfriends in the movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how Bottom Carter full on goes down on uh, Johnny Depp in Dark Shadows? Oh, really? Yeah, I never saw yeah. it. I, I, I got to tell you, like, right now, I hate Tim Burton. Oh, like, really? I, I, you mean, like, current Tim Burton? Current Tim Burton. Yeah. Like, somewhere after... It's, it's Planet after, of the Apes. He falls off a cliff when he makes Planet, Planet of the Apes. Of the Apes. It's, it's after Sleepy Hollow, but, mm-hmm. like, I just... Every time I go to one of his movies, I just want to yell to screen, you fucking let me down. What is this horse shit? <laughs> I don't think he wants to go make Dumbo. I feel like he's just cashing in on whatever will pay him. Dark Shadows I saw in the theater. I fucking hated it. It was so stupid. It's a terrible movie. It's a terrible goddamn movie. Um, yeah, Big Fish that, was it was decent, but, but and I, Fish, I didn't see the, the the Sweeney Todd. Apparently that's good. I haven't seen it though. But Big yeah. Fish was one hundred percent like I want all the acclaim. I want an Oscar. It's, it was like Jim Carrey when Jim Carrey yeah. bends over backwards to get a fucking Oscar. It just felt so pandering. Well, I think it is also because Big Fish has Ewan McGregor and like. Yeah. That's already a win in my book. Like yeah. you put in you McGregor, you and McGregor in anything. I'm like, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, so that could be why. Well, like it it makes sense in a way that other Tim Burton movies don't make sense. <laughs> it was uh, adapted, wasn't it? It was adapted from a book. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just I feel like you know, it's I don't want to compare them, but it's like certain directors they don't sell out their fucking weirdness. 
David Lynch doesn't sell his fucking weirdness. Wes Anderson doesn't sell his fucking weirdness. Tim Burton is just like, yeah, I'll sell out my weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I don't know why I have an irrational dislike of the man now. Um, so we cut to Beetlejuice. Our, our first appearance of Beetlejuice, kind of. I mean, he really doesn't show up in this movie much until like halfway through the movie, but kind of see just the like over the shoulder 17 here. minutes that he's in it like mm-hmm. in total yeah he's reading a paper called the afterlife the front page is just hand, sandworm activity increases i like that the paper is all obits <laughs> what does that even mean sandworm incidents increase 13 percent from last year it's like okay i guess so <laughs> I mean, when they always, I mean, what the fuck else is going on in this? I think in my mind, like what I knew about this movie, I, I, for some reason, I thought Beetlejuice was the sandworm because they kind of like they have a similar like black and white stripe motif thing. But Mm -hmm. I guess not. When he becomes a snake later, I'm just thinking about this right now, James. Did you get flashbacks of Rise of Skywalker? (laughs) No, I didn't. But yeah, I, I can think of that. Like, I feel like it was the same weakly thought out like phallic <laughs> gesture because when he's the snake that's when he first sees lydia yeah 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 anyway um so alec baldwin is like making a recreation of their their funeral in his model which is hilarious to me also he's just putting on deo by harry belafonte just for fun this is his he just like I, I guess so. this is just my staycation <laughs> baby <laughs> And what does he do when he, like, completes his town? I guess he just updates it, you know, like, oh, so-and-so died, I'll give them a funeral. Isn't that, like, some, like, Marwin kind of shit? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I didn't see the movie. I think that was more, like, a psychological thing. But, I don't know. I feel like this model is, like, missing a train or something, you know? Mm. I'm just kind of confused about the model, just, like, in general. Like, what are you doing with it? You're making a model of the town. That's really cool. And then, and then what? Yeah. Like no. I know they need it as like a vehicle for Beetlejuice and whatnot, but I'm just like, you spend all your time in your attic making. A well, it seems like eventually you'd finish it, and you can come look at it occasionally. Yeah, but it's like put it on display yeah, in your house. You're done. Look what you know. I did. <laughs> but for a hundred and twenty-five years, give me a fucking break. Um, you know what, so, so whenever I watch the few streaming services that I watch that have commercials, the universe hates me, so it always gives me those fucking Peyton Manning commercials. Where oh, he, him and the country music guy are like doing the giant ass model, and that's what I kept thinking of. Hmm. Like, I mean, Alec Baldwin's gonna be like, I've named all the all the villagers on my little fucking model. I mean, maybe he could move it to like I don't know if there's like a community center or something, the town hall. He could put it in there, but. Yeah, not like, anymore. Go back and like add new things when new houses get like built and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now he finishes it and he just throws it at a sandworm. <laughs> Here <laughs> you go. go. <laughs> um, this movie's got some funny visuals. So when they like go to bed and they wake up the next morning, and it's like we think they're in bed, like the sheets over him, and like he rolls over, and we see that Gina's just like floating in midair next to the bed, and then it's not that she wakes up that she falls like Wiley Coyote. I was like, that's funny. I mean, it's it's a neat, neat little visual gag, like, you know, the way that she just pulls the, uh, or he rolls over and pulls the blanket away. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely unique. Yeah. Especially, like, there's no there's no computer effects in this movie at all. I mean, other than, like, stop motion stuff, if you can call that computer effects. Oh, yeah. They're doing stuff where, like, when he has, like, a severed head, he's just, like, in a all-black collar or something like yeah. that. So you can't see the rest of his body, that kind of thing. But I like it. I like the the kind of old fashioned uh, all in camera effect style. 
It just, yeah. I don't know, it feels more warm and um, interesting than if it was just like CGI. If it was CGI, they like overdo it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so new people move in because it's, it's, it's the Dietzes. It's the Dietzes. I mean, explain to me how Jeffrey Jones gets a Catherine O'Hara. Well, he's like a Wall Street guy has, or something, right? He has money. That's mm. how he gets a Catherine mm. O'Hara. Is he has the money. And so that's why she's like bossing him around. And she's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to this house. And he, she's, he will just be like, oh, okay. And then she'll bop him on the nose or whatever. And he's like, he's a money guy. Mm-hmm. When they inevitably remake this movie, it's going to be Ron Weasley who plays Jeffrey Jones' character, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Will it be a British oh movie? <laughs> no, he'll just do his same American accent. He doesn't servant. Okay. Um, I I love Catherine Hare. To to anyone listening to this podcast later, to quote like a meme that's on Twitter right now, Catherine O'Hara is the definition of always understood the assignment. She they is agree with that. She is wonderful in this movie. She's like basically young Maura Rose. Like her fashion is how. so i heard a thing too that she wore so much black and white on schitt's creek yeah as like an homage to beetlejuice because that's like what she wore on this but like she's totally a moira rose in this Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. a little bit less i only like pointed out like a couple of the outfits because i was like in my notes because i was like fuck i can't keep going this is just gonna be all about her fashion (laughs) and i can't have an aria montgomery flashback here but uh (laughs) Yeah, then Lydia shows up. And I, I guarantee you that watching this movie as a child and something about Winona Ryder uh, awoke something in me. <laughs> I like how the, uh, what's her face, Catherine O'Hara is like, she's like glaring at the movers the whole time. And they kind of don't care. Like she keeps on kind of like trying to admonish them to be careful. And they're just like, whatever. Here's your stupid Yeah, statue. she's like, she's like, it's my sculpture not mm. my sculpture but like i made it he's like okay and then just throws yeah, it it's like big fucking deal so great <laughs> yeah uh, what do you think about Opo. uh winona's hair here the um i feel like some other character in something was doing like the weird spiky hair like this i just can't think of who the spiky bangs yeah mm-hmm. I mean, it's a look i don't love it you know it it. okay i don't love it the, to me, like I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what awoke something in me. It's the moment at the end of this movie, which has been immortalized in my head for years as the gif of her dancing. The one you sent me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. That is like that. That does things to me. Um, then Ofo, the diabolical interior decorator, shows up. Do not read about this actor's life because it is fucking sad. <laughs> really? Every really? new sentence of his Wikipedia bio is sadder than the previous sentence. Oh. Yeah. I love Ortho though. He's so wonderful. I know they played Deo at his funeral. Yeah. Oh, that was part of my trivia. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Give <laughs> <Take> me to <through> it. <laughs> uh, Lydia has a line here. They're like, oh, what do you think, honey? And she says, Delia hates it. I could live here. And then she's like looking at the spider. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Beautiful moment. She's such inspiration you know you like for like a whole generation of goth girls, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, and Catherine Hare and Otho are just like walking around trashing the place, um, deciding the things they want to change. I just the, the oh here's an indoor outhouse. <laughs> well, like this weird Already. competition where it's like he's just like so the man of interior decorating that it's like, oh, can you guess what color I'm going to suggest? Like, are you are you good enough to like, you know, agree with my taste or whatever? Yeah. Mob, you read my mind. <laughs> 
very few well, clients can do that. <laughs> well, is this how it works with interior decorators? Do they fucking move in a few for months? <laughs> well, it's so confusing because when he like he comes in through the window first off, he's like, it's bad luck to go through the door. And then um, she's like, you came from New York for me. And he's like, of course I would. And then that's all you get. I'm just like, are okay. Like where he's just going to stay here now. <laughs> he just lives with the Dietzes. Okay. <laughs> like Otho could walk out of this movie and ride into an episode of Riverdale and just like be at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I think they suggest that the Jeffrey Jones character is like, um, like he's had a nervous breakdown or something. Like something. He, yeah. he was big, rich money man in New York. And he's come to the, the, you know, New England countryside to, not go insane, apparently. Well, that's sorry. Go ahead. I was saying that is his Madoff breakdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not one of my top moments, but it is one of my favorite moments in the movie. Is just like when they're going through the um the house and like changing all the colors and talking about it, and he just like jumps in front of him and he's like, "I know what you're trying to do in here," and he's like so aggressive. And then Catherine O'Hara, Delia. She instantly is like, I will go crazy and take you down with me. And yeah. he instantly just like backs down. He's like, okay, well, why don't you just like leave this room alone? And she's like, okay, and like bops him and then walks out. But it's just so funny how he's just so aggressive. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, sorry. Like, didn't mean yeah. to step on your toes there. <laughs> that was one of my top moments. I will go insane and take you oh. with me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's yeah. such a good moment. <laughs> like she could have easily been like Ella Montgomery's like mother. <laughs> on an episode of PLL, it would have been fantastic. Yes, one hundred percent. Well, and and that's Jeffrey Jones's energy. Like he, he I mean, he's a fucking creep in real life, but like, yes. I one hundred percent that I believe that he is the guy who would drop everything to hunt down a high school student who might have been tardy nine <laughs> times. He has a line here where they're looking at the kitchen, and he says, "You're finally going to be able to cook a decent meal." <laughs> she just gives him this look, like "fuck you." He's like, yeah, come look. And he's like, no, you don't want to come look with me. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, you have to have had a breakdown to to like when we see this house three months later to be like, this is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is okay. The whole thing looks like a nightmare mortuary. This is great. I can relax here. Well, and the, the funny thing about him, too, is literally almost every time he speaks, he's like, I came here to relax. Like, this is supposed to be, like, relaxing for me. Like, almost every single one of his lines. And then he's so jumpy all the time. Yeah. When yeah. it comes to, like, Delia when he's, like, looking at birds and Lydia comes up and he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> he's just like, all the time. I'm like, well, calm down, dude. Like, why are you so jumpy all the time? <laughs> I like when he, he spots a bird and it's like, it's like eating some sort of flesh or something. Like it's like totally gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's such a like, Tim Burton thing. He's so excited. He's mm-hmm. just like, wow, look at this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of like, just like funny body horror. Like we said, the closet thing where she's hanging and she rips her face this off. Just like, this shocked me when I saw this. I was like, oh my God, that was really graphic. <laughs> or when like like the, the other moment you mentioned james when it's like they walk into one room and she's just like holding his severed head as he's like laying headless on the ground and then like the 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 this gag always cracks me up when he's like oh shit the attic and he his headless body runs up the stairs i can't wait for him to like to run into like more walls or things i thought but, that too yeah my thing is too is like when he shuts the door so aggressively and locks it I would be more worried about like squatters like living in my mm-hmm. attic than a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. Like, oh, I think I felt something, but I'm like, dude, the door like 
like got hella pushed open and then like slammed and locked. And I'm like, I wouldn't be like, oh shit, that's ghosts. I'll go back downstairs. I'd be like, there's something wrong here. Well, then they don't (laughs) get into that room for months. Yeah, that's some months that's and fucking, months. <laughs> that's some House of Leaves shit happening in your your house that you cannot be okay with. Um, yeah. but I, I I was like I wrote down my notes here. I feel like they're not taking nearly enough advantage of their ability to move physical matter. Yeah, I, it it's like it suggests that they're not supposed to, you like right, reveal right. themselves. So, but yeah, but like. Wasn't the thing in Ghost that like Patrick Swayze like he had to work fucking hard he had to, to move the learn thing? from uh, like Vincent Chiavo or something like that, right? Chiavelli, yeah, yeah. But it's like they have they do that shit with ease in mm. this movie. Um, and then when they start playing six people into a uh, Calypso song later, I was just like, okay, you're done. Like you've you've graduated. Um, Doesn't make but yeah, a lot of sense. The effects. This is like ten years earlier, maybe more. For for the sandworm shit, like it does not look that different from the exteriors of the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries version of Dune, which was great. I want to point out, but it looks very similar. And you know when it's doing this like rare Harryhausen Clash of the Titans kind of thing. Um, but where does the other fourteen million dollars of the budget go? <laughs> the actors, yeah, maybe and I sets. Guess. I'm, I'm sure a lot of these sets they're pretty elaborate. You know, so that had to cost some money. Just. Just a big Jeffrey Jones budget. Oh my god! <laughs> so I actually didn't even know about that until today. Oh, really? I was looking oh, nice. at something on YouTube, and they're like, "I don't want to like get this girl around this pervert," and then it like flashes to Jeffrey Jones, and I was like, "I had no clue." When I looked it up on Wiki, and I was like, "Oh shit! Well, this is <laughs> this is an issue." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, so, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> uh, when you look at him. It makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Total sense. <laughs> Sometimes it's always the ones you expect. <laughs> well, and it sucks because I'm like, dude, his acting in this was like one of my favorites. And then I'm like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> he had a fucking weird career because isn't he like the emperor Amad- Amadeus? Yeah. What a and he was also in, he's in Sleepy Hollow, which is another yeah. yeah. Burton one. Also yeah. with like half the cast of fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, a and, lot of big names in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and Emperor Palpatine, and Emperor Palpatine, Emperor yeah. Palpatine is getting getting his own Beetlejuice done by some girl in the mm-hmm. end at the beginning of that movie. Yeah, he was making out with the uh, the widow something or other, I think. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was shocking that that wasn't Tim Burton's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the, Tim Burton's girlfriend was uh, was Johnny Depp's no, mother. She's she's getting the uh, the what do you call it? The Iron Maiden, yeah. The Iron Maiden, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so then these three are just eating Cantonese, which I don't know why that's funny to me, but they're just eating Cantonese. Um, Winona's dressed like a Victorian widow in mourning. Yeah, with the full-on hat and veil and everything. Plan to have a stroke from the amount of MSG that's in the street. That was back when people are really concerned about MSG. I remember that era. Yeah. Um, but so he's, she's clearly had some kind of issue in the past. So he's also, I think that this is also like a fix for her. Well, is she adopted or is she one? She, he's her dad. Okay. Her her mom is dead. Okay. Yeah. And Delia's a stepmom. Um, but he's just like, you know, we'll build you a dark room in the basement. And she's just like, <laughs> my whole life is a dark room. Great what line. Big dark room. Also, do you have one the, of my favorites? <laughs> do you have the movie in front of you, James? I do. Yeah. 
Are you at the scene in the, the dinner? Uh, when uh, Catherine O'Hara has some gloves wrapped around she her. She has a glove as a headband. Yeah. She's like tied gloves, like long gloves, like in a, in a loop and is wearing them as a headband. It's so weird. Only her wearer, man. Mm-hmm. She was getting ready for it. But I mean, I, seriously, if you combine Lydia and Delia, you have Arya Montgomery. <laughs> Um, and Beetlejuice is basically Ezra, but like, you know, if Ezra took a shower, um, and this is really making me want Chinese spit on my water, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Catherine is like, she wants to start sculpting again soon. And Jeffrey Jones is like, great idea. Very time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to, uh, we see them watching, uh, you know, Gene Davis and Alec Baldwin watching from the, the little window in there and it's just, this is when uh Catherine Harris saying everything goes along with whatever's in the attic which the attic is like not another safe space you know it's like their where their yeah. model is and where they can be together mm-hmm. and so the the remodel they do to this place is so bizarre oh it's like it's these weird terrible. weird solid white structures outside with like these yellow beams and it's I don't know. I kind of wonder, it like, looks like the model. It makes me wonder, like, if this was like, I don't know, like an architectural trend at the time. Like, if this is kind of a joke that you'd get more if you, you know, were like living at the time, and you know, like, I don't know, maybe it would land a little better. I definitely remember the '80s was a time of weird architecture. I remember mm-hmm. there was a video store near our house where it was, um, it was called the Flash for some reason, but like, it had this giant lightning bolt neon thing, and then inside it was like painted to look as though it'd been struck by lightning and you can see like exposed rafters and stuff. Um, and it was just a video store. Cause uh, that was a big money business, I guess, back in the eighties, but Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, do you remember like the, the bananas thing they would do with every single like fries location? Oh yeah. Like the one, like the, the fucking like train has mm-hmm. like crashed through it. I don't think like nowadays you can be like, you know what my architectural motif will be is uh vehicles crashed into sides of buildings i don't think people are down with that as much anymore guess not it's too bad i i miss the the weird kitschiness how about just like a, like a skyscraper but like my thing is my twist is there's gonna be a plane through the side of it <laughs> that wouldn't fly <laughs> no it wouldn't it'd crash into the <laughs> side <laughs> yeah the smock that uh delia has on where it's like just one arm is black so weird it's like it's like those like long gloves that you put on to like pull out like toxic sludge <laughs> or something and lydia's taking photos here with her old-fashioned camera i don't know why this doesn't seem very interesting but she's taking photos and then she happens to look up uh at the the attic and sees them in there and mm-hmm. it's like what the fuck oh prior to that it's when alec and gina see the first ad for beetle guys mm-hmm and then they later see the uh, Cal Worthington commercial for him, um, which makes me wonder, like, is, is business not good is, if he has to advertise? Has he always lived in the model? I, I, this is oh, where what, I like. The how do you pay down. him? What what is the exchange? You know, uh, in young girls kill or that, too, or just yeah. him getting like the satisfaction of like killing people. I guess just letting him out, you know, or like inviting him is yeah. what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. But I love how he spells Beetlejuice with the Beetle guys because it just makes me think of like how unintelligent he is. 
Well, he's, like, he's, he's like, he was like, oh yeah, this is definitely the way to spell it. G U E S E or whatever. <laughs> well, he's, he's named after the star, mm-hmm. which Wait, nobody can yeah, there's, pronounce There's a correctly. giant star named Beetle. It's the Jesus. second brightest star in the Orion constellation. Oh, well, look at my <laughs> not smartness coming out. <laughs> well, that's like the weird thing about the movie is that the movie is called like Beetlejuice. And there's like a weird, there's like a, a space in the title card. So I like it remember like it's two words. I remember learning about Beetlejuice's star probably because of this movie in like the fourth yeah, grade or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay, I'm 29. Had no <laughs> fucking idea this fucking existed. So thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna do yeah, some. I have no idea why the star is named that with the weird spelling or whatnot, but yeah. Well, fuck you, astronomy, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, the there's something in the book about like drawing a door in case of emergency. So, like, he does like the, the fucking cartoon logic thing of he draws a door in chalk on the brick wall and and opens it, and they go into like the other side. Where, meanwhile, Jeffrey Jones is chilling in his study in the biggest fucking red Christmas sweater ever. That's a whole robe, isn't it? I think it's just a sweater because later on, Delia has turned that sweater into pants. That's right. Yeah, yeah. she does. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Damn, this movie's so weird. (laughs) I love in the in the TV ad, like the Cal Rinson ad that Beetlejuice is in. It's so chintzy that you can just see it's like these like egg crates that he's on. You know, (laughs) he's like Mm -hmm. foam egg crates. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So I can Gina go to like the waiting room for help. Um. There's all kinds of creature feature effects here. Like the dude who shrunk the shrunken head is hilarious to me. Like it's just his giant eyeballs. It's so great. And the, like this is one of my top moments too, is just like the knocking of the door. The receptionist is one of my favorite characters yeah. in this whole in this whole movie. Um, but what I'd never noticed until I was rewatching it this week was there's a guy in a sleeping bag with like just like a snake, like the tail just like going back and forth and i had never seen that before and i'm like what the fuck like is this snake just like where is he biting him at why is he standing up like this is super confusing <laughs> the other ones make sense but that guy was just like way out there for me <laughs> i i love the receptionist accent um just the no that's how you that's how they die this is how you die <laughs> but i love my like top moment here would be the burned guy <laughs> yeah smoking. yeah yeah the way he has such like just this like laid back soft <laughs> voice like yeah I'm trying to cut way back too like I, he, it cracks me up. You want one? <laughs> what really grosses me out is the uh, the guy who seemed like choked on like a turkey bone or something. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. like so massive. Gross. Yeah, oh. <laughs> this is Fern Doc because he's the one who gets called in by the receptionist. But my favorite part for sure is just like. Um, then I wouldn't have my little accident when she yeah. like, goes off a risk. Cause we get into the whole civil servants thing later mm-hmm. in the movie, but yeah. Which I appreciate just... that they, that they don't like tell you that first. Right. Absolutely. That you hear it later from ortho and all of a sudden you're like, well, that makes sense when you look back at everyone in Juno's office, like <laughs> why they are all how they are. Including we got to talk about did Beetlejuice die by a suicide. So, yeah, so what I read, I found out that apparently he hung himself due mm. to, like, heartbreak. Um, and I guess they recorded it in the movie, but they took it out for, like, screen time or something. But I don't know if that's just fandom or, like, actual fact, because I just was reading up on it. Because I'm like, there's no really telling about 
you know, there's no noose on his neck. There's no nothing. So he doesn't seem like a heartbreak guy. Well, that and he, but he did work for Juno. So he was a civil servant. So I don't know if it was actually like hanging himself, but I mean, he definitely committed suicide. I just don't know if that was the way. So I'm wondering if it's one of those things where it's like class, your classic autoerotic association gone wrong. (laughs) Then you're, you're in the afterlife and you're like, you know what? Heartbreak. Uh, I I couldn't take it anymore. Totally what it was. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) One thing I forgot to mention, uh, you mentioned the runtime hour and a half. That was nice. Yeah, I miss yeah. when movies were just in and out. They made their point. Not a lot of fluff. You don't really need the backstory of Beetlejuice, you know? No. I agree. I, I would hate it, in fact, I think. Um, also, I it's one thing I'm dreading about going back in the theaters. Like, finding, like, three hours <laughs> to see some fucking movie. Well, you're welcome for picking a 90-minute movie. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> But just the guy who got run over is hilarious to me. Like it's gross, oh, but it's like so gross, yeah. It's so funny to me. My thing is, I'm confused on it because like civil servant died by suicide. So did he literally like jump in front of a fucking yeah? He was like throwing himself into traffic or something. <laughs> At least he has a sense of humor still, though. So well, I mean, I guess it depends good. on your definition of like self homicide. Because like, is the idea that Juno smoked herself? To death, well, or she, she slit her own throat. She had she would have had to slit her own throat because, like, when she smokes, like it all comes out of her throat. So she's just okay. some type of badass who really wants to kill herself, apparently, and just like literally slit her own throat. I guess that's hardcore. Yeah, that's, that's super hardcore. That's that's halfway to an Elliot Smith. <laughs> totally. <laughs> this is re- really an Elliot Smith kind of movie, too. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, Miss Misery is obviously written about Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so they keep referencing the handbook, and we get like the lost souls room, which is, like the ghost of an exercise, like death for the dead. Uh, the afterlife, man, pretty fucking bleak. So, I, I I feel like I miss the setup. They're they're going to be doing this for 125 years. Well, yeah, but yeah. the question is, then what? Yeah, then what? Yeah. I feel like they would either like go heaven, hell, because right now they're just in um purgatory, I guess. Yeah, pur- purgatory. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like that the movie doesn't really tie into like a Judeo-Christian specific like heaven or hell. Like Alec and Gina, you know, they died in an accident. I mean, yeah, they should be wet. It's not a wet movie, but like <laughs> the movie's not really interested in general and explaining a whole lot. It's just yeah, it wants to have fun and do jokes. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, yeah. And that doesn't bother me. It's only when like they're doing things and the movie's like, well, there's rules here. And it's like, okay, what are the rules? Like again, sandworms, I don't give a fuck. They're sandworms. I got it. Um, anyway, so they've like time is fucking weird outside of the house. They've been gone for three months. Uh, they come back and there's this like Memphis design, hideous 80s. I, I found an old Gizmodo article hmm. talking about how the real villain of this movie is contemporary design. <laughs> yeah, the, their place has been <laughs> remodeled and it's got all her awful sculptures and stuff. Ooh. Awful sculptures. Like, what are those even supposed to be? They look gross. <laughs> They're terrible. They're so terrible. I'd like, I agree. Like, what were you going for? Where was your inspiration? I feel none of that by working at, like, looking at your artwork. I was just thinking of the uh, the line from Fleabag. Where like someone's talking about her sculptures and like they don't want to say it, but like they're like, uh, yeah, funny story. Every time she sculpted one of those, she came. 
I get it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. <laughs> I kind of love Juno. Juno's dope. Um, and then she just disappears. Yeah. Well, the fact that Juno talks about him being her assistant, and then he doesn't play with others, and he's just lately he's been sleezing around the cemetery. <laughs> Well, and the fact that she was like, if you say his name three times, he will come. And it's like, maybe you shouldn't have told them that fact. Like, they already kind of got it from the commercial. But her just, like, reinforcing that, like, you know they're going to fucking do it. (laughs) Like, you tell me not to do something, guess what? I'm going to do it. Well, I was like, how do you you get that? How does that deal work out for you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how how does that become specifically his deal? Like, if you say Juno's name three times, she's not going to show up. Right. Show up for shit. Like also, what is a bioexorcist? Like you get rid of the you get rid of the biological, rid of the beans. biological beans, yeah. Ah. But the, me doing my homework, I did good. The scene where he attracts <laughs> this fly with this like candy bar or whatever. Also <laughs> yeah. just disgusting. Like he just seems like such a disgusting person <laughs> before we have ever actually, you know, get to meet him. <laughs> well, yeah. Is he gonna eat this thing? Is he gonna fuck this thing? Is he gonna do both? Um probably both at the same time. And we've got well, some at least, Robert Goulier here. I would say this is this is 80s as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of a naked gun movie, you've got some Robert Goulet. <laughs> it's so clearly like a matte backdrop behind of like New York City. Whoa. The Robert Goulet scene, like his his coverage, it looks like it's airdropped right out of Batman 89. Mm-hmm. Like this looks like he's in Gotham City. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, so so Jeffrey Jones, like initial plan apparently is like to flip this whole town um they get off the phone it's like he sees this, this town the- as a money-making venture which sounds insane he's like it makes no sense yeah oh this, you could just buy these buildings and they have like parking lots or something yeah well he's gonna he's gonna team up with what's his name from uh um uh, roadhouse yeah right <laughs> the jc penny is coming here because of me um but this is the era where you get off the phone and you totally roast someone by calling them a putz <laughs> <laughs> Which is a perfect description of Jeffrey Jones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's like um, these guys were coworkers or something. He really wants this guy to come visit, and this guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, maybe, maybe not." But yeah, he's like there like two days later, mm-hmm. which is still super confusing for me. Like, how did they like rope him in? But I agree, like with the whole town thing. Like, how did he think this town is a money maker? Like, we can build condos here, and they're like cool why yeah seriously who's gonna want to come here like what attraction is there who the fuck wants to live in connecticut mm-hmm. right <laughs> um but also i i also didn't want to see a scene of them like evicting that little old barber yeah he's cute he'd, he'd probably die soon anyways but i mean he's yeah, he'll just be he'll there be in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll build him a little thing in his model uh yeah so they get the sheets like they're 300 sheets um jeffrey jones is not scared scared at all by them roaming around the sheets how that's insane for sheets because this was in like 1988 like what is that like a thousand dollar sheets now or something probably probably okay. like, so i need a rant because this ooh. whole sheet scene is my number two favorite movie or favorite, favorite top moment, moment okay Go in this it. movie um so Jerry Jones, when he was like, again, he was like, this is my time to relax, Lydia. And he's just like completely unfazed. And then when Adam is, he was like, come on, um, Barbara, like we need to act like ghosts. And they go into um, Delia's room. And when Lydia's listening, 
Adam's moaning is so erotic. Like it does not <laughs> sound like ghost moaning. It's like just not ghost moaning. Well, she thinks which they're having quite... sex, right? <laughs> yeah. Which... And so like I totally get why she's like, whatever freaky shit you guys do, that's fine. But like I'm a kid, keep me out of it. <laughs> yeah. Which but... speaks to a uh, a uh, uh bedroom activities that I do not imagine are happening between Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hara. No. Partially because that is Jeffrey Jones. If, if I heard those <laughs> noises and I thought it was sex for my parents, I think I would, I would pull a Michael Clayton where I like run outside, throw my wallet and my watch and everything into a, a fire, my phone. Yeah. And I would just run off into the off world the grid, baby. and you know, I live a different life in another country. This guy's taking Roy off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I just, I feel like like Jeffrey Jones starts making those moans at Catherine O'Hare and she's just like, this is not a wet movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, we interrupted you mid-rant. Well, no, it, it's all good. And they definitely probably sleep in separate bedrooms. We should yeah. probably throw that out there too. Yeah, yeah. Um, something tells me these guys aren't uh, very physical. No, not at all. <laughs> but the best part of it for me is when Delia, <laughs> um, when they're doing their like, woo, whatever, and she sits up and her makeup is just like completely smeared across her face. And she just like hits like the um, remote control, like it's a TV and then just like lays back down. It's just, it's a home home run for me. I love it so much. And they're like, this is a fucking lost cause. It really, so, it made me think that like the, the, our generation's version of that is probably like grabbing your phone or something, you know, but like yeah. in the eighties, right. it was the remote that you sleep with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The, what the cherry on top of the joke for me, though, is like later when they run into Lydia and she's like, yep. well, Lydia's not going to do anything because she's sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I have that in my notes because I'm like, that is such a key line. She's yeah. Prince Valium tonight. Like she's out. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole sheet scene is just it's just gold for gold on mm-hmm. my end here. Yeah. And then Lydia finally meets uh, the couple of ghosts upstairs and. She's immediately just like, you guys are dead. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I want to be book. dead. She's read the book. And, you know, she talks about how, like, like live people ignore the strange and unusual. And she's just like, well, I am strange and unusual. She's got such a a genuine, like, not movie star affect in this movie that I kind of love, too. She definitely yeah. has some very quotable, like... I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> but I mean, like, like okay, sixteen-year-old, like I'm sorry, oh, you're absolutely. so upset. <laughs> absolutely, um, I felt really bad. And the one scene later on, I wrote down in my notes, like, oh, Lydia's old-school blogging here, <laughs> and then she's writing yeah. her suicide note, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> I am alone. I am utterly alone. Like yeah. apparently they were going to have her kill herself, but then they're like, maybe this isn't a good, good thing to put in a movie for kids. Like that was where they drew the line, I guess. Yeah. I maybe did not know that. maybe hard uh, route to the happy ending after that. Because <laughs> <laughs> the movie does such a good job though, I think, about like demystifying death. I suppose. And then to have I mean to a certain point, I mean, like it it takes a lot of the I don't know hard shit out of death like it makes it something comfortable it's a part of existence granted you're still walking around and talking and spooking people but anyway um also just the way she's just and her delivery it's just so not movie star to me and i kind of love how genuine it is but she's just like she mentions her dad bought the place and he he never walks away from equity (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) um 
Then we're in the kitchen with her, her and Delia. And again, this this house is oppressively, aggressively ugly. <laughs> and this is where she's wearing the sweater as pants. Yeah, with <laughs> suspenders. It's wow. <laughs> she's so great though. Like Delia is just so erratic. And I just absolutely am like loving every moment of it. She was like, pretend we're a family for like one day. Okay. Like, (laughs) and yet I feel like I get her. The blue walls are really something. What's that? Did you say you feel bad for her? No, I said, I feel like I get her. Oh, okay. Like she's erratic as shit, but like she makes sense to me, you know? Yeah. I I, I totally feel that. (laughs) Um, yeah, so they see the light in the model, like especially in the cemetery. It's when Gina says Beetlejuice three times, and then suddenly they're in the model. There's like his grave. I just like I kept thinking, like, how long has this model been in the afterlife? Like, or or, or what the fuck is going on? Like, how long has he been in their their cemetery? <laughs> the less you think about it, the better. I just love I know, that the I, know. I the agree with James. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with James. Don't think about it too much. Just roll with it. I, I don't know why I was, I was like hung up on it, but I just kept. <laughs> being like what the fuck is he doing there yeah yeah no this is my other top moment for sure is um them just like meeting beetlejuice i think when like he was reading the obituaries he saw them and he was like well i guess i'm just gonna like move into their model Mm -hmm. i I guess so yeah you know i i don't know no one fucking knows it doesn't matter (laughs) but um it's good we'll get to a big entrance when he flies out of the grave It's so three, like so theatrical. I, mm-hmm. I just absolutely love it. He's just like, here I am, and then he's a total perv. And <laughs> like, he's, he's just disgusting, both as a personality and like the weird mold on his face. And he's got his gross yeah. mustache, and yeah, yeah. But it's oh. great in my like maybe not the perviness so much, but like just his like appearance. I absolutely love it. You know? I mean, sometimes like there are, there are certain lines from this like pervy thing where like perviness can be written fun and witty for an audience to absorb. Mm-hmm. So, like just when he kisses Gina and he turns to Alec and he's like, boy, do you know how to pick him? Tell me, <laughs> is this relationship really solid? Do I have a shot with her? Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like that is like an Alec Baldwin 30 rock line <laughs> 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm not even going to attempt to do the Juilliard speech because I don't think I can. I don't think I can match him. I mean, I, mean, I, I could say it. I couldn't do it. Like, yeah, he yeah, could, but I like I know how it goes. But I mean, it does keep getting funnier every fucking time I see it. Yeah, I love the uh, searching his pockets for his card, and he's like, "Oh, here, hold this." And it's just a rat. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, so two things here, both Batman related. You absolutely see the energy that gets into like one of the weirdest moments in Batman '89 when when Jack Napier shows up to like kidnap Vicky Vale and like Bruce Wayne has to try to distract him. And he's just like, you want to get fucking nuts. Like you totally, <laughs> you totally see that energy here. Yeah. want to get nuts. But yeah. I remember when Christopher Nolan was making a sequel to Batman, we had no idea what the dark Knight was going to be. And it was like, who's going to be the Joker. Who's going to be the Joker. And I was like, here's my fucking bananas idea. Michael Keaton is the Joker. Cause honestly take out the fucking mold and like the, the dried semen off his face. He does kind of look like Heath, the Joker. Yeah. This is Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm. Like the black eye makeup and everything. Just give him like a red, like grin and like a little, uh, uh, Glasgow smile. Yeah. They, they have the effect where you don't see it, but he's like making a scary face and like all these like creepy pen tentacles and stuff explode from his Normal head. Tim Burton-ness. Yeah. 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 Uh, so then the deets are having a dinner party, which is a wait. Pause. Okay. 
I have to say my favorite line from that whole thing is once they like are going, he's like, I hope you like Italian. And she's like, home, home, home. And he kicks over the tree and he goes, nice fucking model. Yeah. Which, that is my favorite part of the entire fucking movie. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> Just that one scene. I have that in my notes. Um, <laughs> and apparently, baby. apparently that was ad-libbed. No, it is not PG-13. It is PG. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> PG is the the lesser one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think this is the only swear word that they use in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's just nice fucking model. And then he like grabs his dick like and honks it twice. And I'm just like, hell yeah, I'm here for it. Apparently that was ad-lib too. And they kept it in. Well, good for him. It just made me think of, of, this is what a dork I am, seeing Star Trek Generations in the theater Mm. when the Enterprise is crashing and Data's like, oh shit. (laughs) And it's very dorky, yes. Yeah, I was like, I, wow, you can like you can get these language in uh in these movies. Um, but yeah, this dinner party is a bizarre mixture of finance and avant garde, and the best part of the whole fucking movie. Yeah, these guys just seem like the worst hang ever. This would be a horrible <laughs> dinner party to be at. Oh, of course, well, until the ghosts show up, you know. Also, just the fact that like we already know you have Robert Goulet in this movie. That's weird enough. <laughs> Dick Cavett is bizarre on a whole other level. I would have never thought before, like this week, like I could, like you could have held a gun in my head, and I would have never thought that that Dick Cavett knew who Tim Burton was, and vice versa. Well, um, you can Opo, tell, like, sorry, wait, go, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just gonna say, you can tell, like Jeffrey Jones is not having a good time. Because when you're like, I love the remodel, and he's just like, it wasn't me, it was all her, <laughs> just like mouthing it to him. He was just like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> when he says that, I want Dick Cav to lean forward and be like. No shit. <laughs> Seriously. Otho has this line to this other chick where he's just like, I just hope it wasn't yet another of your dreary suicide attempts. <laughs> That's how like they open that scene too. They're mm. just like the suicide attempts. But um her name is Grace. Grace. But for some reason, she has like she reminds me of Troyan, like Troy Bellasario. Okay. I don't know. Why. I, I kind of see it, yeah. Um, couple notes about her. She when they do the whole shrimp dance or whatever, dinner party dance, she looks like she's about to come like the entire time. Oh, like she looks like this. she's so into it. And I'm like, she makes me uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> that makes two of us. Um, but Oko, no. like, like he has the whole thing, they tied in together. Like, you know, you know what they say about people who commit suicide, mm-hmm. become civil servants in the afterlife. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and then it makes sense with Gino and the, the receptionist, yeah, and the yeah. guy who's just hanging by a noose, just like throwing papers everywhere. Well, I was like, I was like, this is what I was sitting here on my couch. I'm watching this fucking movie the other night, and I was like, this movie makes no sense normal times. And then when the movie makes sense, it makes even less sense to me. <laughs> it like hits points that you want it to, and then you like ask questions, and you're just like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> That's even weirder. Um, yeah. It's like when the FBI profiler actually gets in the head of the serial killer, and then you're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. uh-oh indeed. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, so then I was just like, okay, they can they can possess six people once. Like, Lydia disappears in this scene, too. You notice that? Like, she is... She just, like, backs off into, like, the wall and just watches mm-hmm. it happen. Yeah. Just yeah. She's... they don't want to, like, harm, harm her, which I don't know why doing a dance to Deo is harmful in any way. <laughs> or why they healing. think this would scare them. But at least, you know, they all got a little show. Have we mentioned the chairs that they're sitting in? 
Oof. <laughs> it's like these weird tall like wooden Game frames with like fur like suspended for the back. <laughs> like it's it's so weird. Delia, <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. She has a some sort of taste, I guess. What the fuck did all this cost you? <laughs> <laughs> like the last thing I want that I think will help me relax in my country home is this remodel. <laughs> Just Charles is like, I have to pay how much for each of these hideous chairs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And then, speaking of like like friends, just like the uh when Joey has all of his movie star furniture shit like repossessed, <laughs> it just kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> At least Joey just has like the giant like dog. I mean, like, I don't even know yeah. with Delia. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's funny that um so Lydia like goes upstairs. And they're they're like super bummed out. They're like watching the cars from the attic and being like, they're about to leave, and then nothing happens. And she's just like, hey, they, they want you to come down and talk. Oh, the shrimp ball monster hands. Mm-hmm. That scared the shit out of me, too. It did uh, scare the shit out of me. My only thing is like, how the fuck was did like that shrimp look appetizing? Even before yeah. it turned into a shrimp hand, yeah. they're this huge cocktail bowl of these giant shrimp. Like, first off, they're gonna be lukewarm. Like, that's not even going to be tasty. Oh. Let's get there. Like, before the dance, I don't know. I just don't know why you'd be like, dinner party, let's have a big bowl of five fucking disgusting shrimp. That's it, my takeaway from that. <laughs> the shrimp itself looks like a special effect out of the thing. Yeah. Who, 100%. who prepared this meal? I, I, really, I think it was her. I know we see her in the well, kitchen earlier. I don't Lydia, get like Delia. a cooking... Delia, yeah. I, say, I don't get like a culinary vibe from Delia. And honestly, I don't want to eat any food that Jeffrey Jones has touched. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we would assume it was Delia, but at the same time, she had like nothing but vegetables in front of her. And then there's just nothing but this huge shrimp cocktail yeah. that's in like a margarita glass. It makes yeah. no sense. But whatever. The shrimp hand looks disgusting. We'll just, that's- it all looks gross. Can't wait to have my post-COVID dinner party. So here's your fucking huge shrimp. I love how like they've just been like totally. possessed by these weird poltergeists, and they're just like money-making venture. We can yeah, we can right? finally get Robert Goulet to come visit because we'll pitch him on how we can make money on ghosts. They're so excited. They're like, dude, we just got possessed and danced around and sang Deo. <laughs> like money-making time. Otho's just like, oh, I used to work in the paranormal world or whatever. All right, so what that reminds me of is this is a really weird tie-in in my my brain, but you know, I like 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 others. When I was younger, I read a lot of Chuck Palahniuk mm-hmm. before I realized that that's not healthy, um, and before he got a lot worse too. But there's a line, and I think choke. Correct me if I'm wrong, James, where he says that the first time I like masturbated, my first thought was, "Oh shit, I can make money off of this." And that's, that's probably choke. Yeah, that that sounds like it'd be from choke. I kind of just zoned out there for a minute and just came back in at that last part you know what do i need, do I need you, to know this story or no, you, you're good <laughs> i'm kind of scared but I, I just i was just thinking about there. The, like something weird happens to you and you're like fuck yeah cha-ching <laughs> okay got it uh but yeah so dick cavett's delia's agent so he's like at some point in his life he's been like hey great sculptures more of those please they're super great <laughs> yeah uh Catherine says you've got to take the upper hand in all situations or people whether they're dead or alive will walk all over you 
Oh, that reminds me. There's a funny line. I think this might have been a little earlier, but I think it's when they go to see Juno and they're like, we're very unhappy. And she says, what did you expect? You're dead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just so excited yeah. you said that. Go ahead. Do it again. Yeah. No, that's all. I just, I love that line. But yeah, they, they eventually charge upstairs here uh, and they're just like, open up. And they're, they just come inside and it, it, it feels like a violation, you know, there's like looking mm-hmm. at their, their stuff and there's like, oh, this is a cool model. Let's just take it downstairs. Well, it's the last unmolested part of the house. Mm-hmm. And now here's Jeffrey Jones. Um, so they want to like turn this place into like a supernatural research station or an amusement park or both. Um, Otho steals the book, the the guide for the recently deceased. Yeah. Uh, yeah so Bio just shows up he's like turned himself like a giant snake with kind of sort of his head like obviously they you, this all the trivia they did the snake before they cast him and then they did some pickup shots where it's kind of his head uh, at one point this he uses his rattler to like whip Otho's balls from behind which I thought was hilarious <laughs> well, I guess... everyone used to get like like ball like mutilation as humor yeah yeah it was big in the 80s I guess the idea here is that like um adam and um i can't think of her name barbara they like they had their shot at haunting and they like made him dance but it, like it didn't scare him and so now beetlejuice is showing up and he's like no this is how you do it and yeah creepy snake he like goes under Catherine o'hara's legs and like looks up her skirt or something and he's just like throwing people off the uh the stairs here none of them die like i i would have bought if like what like otho is just dead after the scene but i guess he's mm. fine mm. Um, it was like the best though <laughs> so that would have sucked yeah um, Snakey Beetle, but... Beetlejuice Beetlejuice dispatches them he sees Lydia it's gross there's a prosthetic lip curl which is so gross <laughs> well apparently uh, saying Beetlejuice's name three times also sends him away because he gets like teleported back to his model here when uh, Barbara comes and sees what he's doing to Lydia I kept being like, okay, so I need I need clarification. Does it summon him and send him away, or does it always summon him like back to the model? And then I was like, stop asking for clarification. Yeah. You're not you're not gonna get an yeah, answer. That's the uh, best way to do it. But yeah, he's back in the model town. He's berating them. He doesn't want to deal with them. The only one he can deal with is Edgar Allan Poe's daughter. <laughs> 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 oh, and then he starts like making all these like uh, appendages come out of him when she picks him up. Like all these spikes, spikes come out, yeah. Yeah. And then he gets stuck to the, the model floor. And then for absolutely no reason, uh, this is one part I've always hated about the movie. Mm-hmm. There was just a fucking strip club. He's like, ooh, I'm feeling a sort of way. And then they just turns around, it's all red, and they're they're all just like, Come here, honey. And I get why Barbara was like, Why did you build that? But that was definitely one of the points that I'm just like, just why? Just why? Like we 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 need we needed a Beetlejuice strip club. Not a strip <laughs> club, really. Not a strip club. Juno tells us it's a whorehouse. <laughs> it's a straight up whorehouse. It's Dante's Inferno room. I guess. It, well, I guess I hope he gets what he needed. Yeah, in a PG know. movie. Yeah. <sighs> it was nineteen eighty eight. What can you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, he says, "I wonder where God like picking a little action." And I gotta be honest with you, if this is what he looks like on the outside, I don't want to know what's shooting out of the oh, sky. God. You put that in my head. (laughs) I'm never going to look at this movie the same. (laughs) Oh, Uh, God. Okay. 
But the when we go to like Juno's office or whatever, like the lighting just reminded me of like Twelve Monkeys and like Terry Gilliam, mm, yeah, okay. kind of like eighties lighting. You got all um, the dead football players died in a plane crash. The, the coach he lived though. The, the, hey coach, where's the men's room? I'm not your coach. He survived. <laughs> Pretty sure that was like from like an actual like it was like a flight or like a bus or something. Yeah, it was a bunch the of Marshall football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I guess I didn't do enough trivia on it, but uh, according to the trivia, yeah. they're like it's a tribute, and I'm like, is that a tribute? I don't know I don't about think that. That's a good tribute. Yeah. I would be pretty offended if I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need I need Matthew McConaughey to show up and tell me how offended he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, in this afterlife, everywhere is the bathroom. I mean, look at this place. I don't think you need to need directions, football player. But yeah, yeah. After Lydia, Juno might be my favorite part of this movie, like hands down. Really? I love Juno. Okay. Interesting. I love yeah. Catherine Hare. I love Juno. I love Lydia. See, that's one thing, like, I love how you guys do it now, but, like, I miss when you guys would do your rankings because I'm, like, I'm really curious to know what your rankings would be because I know ours would be completely (laughs) different, but I wouldn't. where would everyone put the beach? Let's say it's one to ten. Where's the beach? Three. Wow, okay. tough. Let me think about that. He's not that high for me. I'd probably have maybe four. He'd be be high. I mean, I feel like he's... He's the live wire that like makes the movie tick, you know, and when he shows up, it's like a thrill. So I feel like I'd have to rate him high for that. He's he's Jaws, right? I mean, he's Mm, he's I I feel like it's a little different because Jaws is scary and Beetlejuice is funny. But I'm just saying it's like he's he's the thing that we're we're dancing around or afraid of or or summoning or or what have you. I mean, I don't don't know that he's cracking like higher than five for me just because Mm -hmm. you've got so many other great characters. Um, yeah, so she's pointing out, you know, like you fucking idiots, like, you know, you, you can't have the living get proof of existence of the afterlife. And I want him to be like, why? Yeah, I know. What, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck happens then? <laughs> um, but yeah, the Dietzes are chilling on their weird ass porch. Wondering if it's a bad idea. Otho struts out in kind of an awesome bathrobe. I love the shot where it's like just this landscape and it pulls back through this weird outdoor arch or whatever they put up here like this just yeah. looks like such a hellish place to like have a cocktail well yeah. and that's like what i was like saying like with the whole model idea like literally the house looks like part of a fucking model it doesn't look like a house like why would you want that if you could make your own, like you're redesigning this mm-hmm. house right mm-hmm. that's how you make just, your back porch that you want to like have cocktails on that's terrible and it's like stark white <laughs> like yeah it's just so like uninviting <laughs> Well, yeah. like the the house was pretty white before, right? Like I almost yeah. felt like what they did is that you know it's one of those like uh, those sculptures where like you look at it at one angle and it looks like the normal thing, and then like you look at it at the other angle and it's all like deconstructed and because I feel like they just took parts of the normal house and like and like blew them elongated out. Yeah. them, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, including that bizarre porch. Both oh, in this bathroom here, it's like, do you just live here now? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, so that's my thing. Like he like climbed through the window and he's like, I came from New York. And it's like, yeah, I guess hopefully I have a room here because I'm your interior designer. You're living life, interior you know? decorator. Yeah. It's it's like Otho's like in a sitcom with this family, mm-hmm. you know, like he's just like the Kramer. Uh, this is where we get the uh, very dark suicide note scene with uh, Winona here. It's writing yeah. about how she's going to like throw herself off a bridge. She plummeted. Mm-hmm. Plummeted. Yes. <laughs> Have plummeted 
off the bridge and like i want to know if it's the bridge that they died off of because that was technically like a barn type thing but all i'm thinking like if that was like the same bridge like that's not that deep and you would still survive so yeah i don't know <laughs> oh so it's a winter <laughs> river bridge, bridge yeah. halfway down she's like how did this kill them again yeah do i need some like something like a surface on top of me to help like weigh me down <laughs> i need that fucking dog to show up again and help me <laughs> i mean i think it'd be, it be has to have a dog <laughs> it would be very on brand for lydia to like you know put a bunch of rocks in her pockets or something and walk Just in virginia wolf herself yeah. yeah absolutely but yeah i don't know the movie it, it kind of humanizes the goth spirit like the sense of being drawn to the gothic like she's drawn to death because she feels so isolated and she's isolated because like look at where her fucking family is and i feel like unspoken again i know i shouldn't be looking for things like this but like she's clearly not over whatever the hell happened to her mom and jeffrey jones is a piece of shit dad well she's, yeah it doesn't seem like she's going to school or anything <laughs> like no <laughs> maybe it's just like summertime the, the most infuriating jeffrey jones moment for me is actually at the very end but 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 we'll go there um yeah, so Lydia's like wondering how they're going to scare them. Like they're going to do some like body horror. Um, well, she's taking her suicide like, note to them to leave it there because she's going to go kill herself. And then she like sees the the like strip club uh, or you know whorehouse or whatever on the the model, and it's like, what's this? And then she meets Beetlejuice. The the like body horror shit that they're doing for Juno. Alec makes himself look like the spy versus spy cartoon, but flesh. Like, like Gina rips her own mouth open, puts her eyeballs in tongue. Does it seem like Alec has more eyeballs on his hand, on his fingers? Yeah, he has he them on all has. of his fingers. And yeah. he literally lifts his glasses up and puts his, like, fingers towards his glasses yeah, to, like, yeah. look at her more. <laughs> Makes no sense. A lot of eyeball shit. Like, Gina's looks like, uh, like, like Tom Servo from <laughs> Mystery Science Theater, but, like, with flesh. <laughs> Fuck, I miss, I, by the way, I missed that show. Just throwing that yeah. out there. That was, a, that was a good one. I've never watched a Netflix one because it looks like, like it's garbage. Me either. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, so this is where we get the line. I'm the ghost of the most, which I feel like was quoted endlessly on Playgrounds after this to me. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you hadn't seen this movie and everyone was just No, like... no, I saw this as a kid. Okay. I absolutely saw this as a kid because I, I had seen this, but then the cartoon... Because I was like coming home and like seeing that every day after school, I fucking loved the cartoon. Almost to the point I don't know if I, I probably told the story before. I have a coworker who like a, a year or two ago, she'd only been been in my office for a couple of days. She showed up to work one day, basically dressed like Lydia from the cartoon. Yeah, and I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Is is no one else seeing this? Is this?" <laughs> I, I just kept like just referencing like like subtle references to like Tim Burton movies and she's like oh yeah I think I've seen some Tim Burton movies I kind of like him and I was like is this a fucking joke are you trolling me like you're dressed like <laughs> Lydia from the cartoon because she has this weird like spider poncho yeah. in the cartoon anyway yeah um yeah so they do like charades to because he can't tell her his name I don't know why he can't just show her like a Cal Worthington ad <laughs> Like the commercial. Yeah, they're doing the whole, like two words. Yeah. <laughs> two syllables. But uh yeah, you know why he likes her? Because she's making him work for it. Um well that and then I think because she already wants to like kill herself and he technically has already killed himself. So when he was she was like, I want to be in your world, and he's like, Why? Mm-hmm. 
which yeah. I feel like I maybe was a reference. I'm not too sure, but another one of my moments for sure is just the charades. And I just love the beetle breakfast, beetle orange, beetle drink. <laughs> it's like every word. Like, that I just love how that. like, yeah, she goes to all these lengths and he just is so frustrated. <laughs> it's definitely up there for me. Beetle Tang? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was Tang a thing in the 1988s? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tang was uh, somehow created with the space program. Um, there's, your, there's your Tang trivia. Um, yeah. Thanks so for my Tang trivia. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> one of the moments I wrote down, I think this must have happened earlier, is when I think it's when uh, Adam and Barbara are saying, like, you can't hurt anyone or something like that. And he just kind of turns around and does this big Chirikov motion, which yes, is, again, yes. in the PG movie. <laughs> yeah, so I had never noticed that. That's right when they meet Beetlejuice and they get into the model. Mm-hmm. And he was like, can I be scary? And he does a huge jerk-off motion. <laughs> and I looked to my boyfriend. I was like, did he just do that? And he was like, yeah, you've never noticed. And I was like, no, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I've never noticed that. So <laughs> funny. <laughs> You just imagine being a child and be like, hey, mommy, what's that? <laughs> Why did he do that? Hey, mommy, what's Dante's Inferno Room? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Jeffrey Jones takes the the town model downstairs to their presentation of the Robert Goulet. What, I guess they want to turn to like a paranormal amusement park. Just like a whole town yeah. that's all about paranormal stuff. Yeah. Which yeah. I still oh, am dubious of this as a, a business plan, but yeah. Like Jurassic Park, but with ghosts. Mm-hmm. I think this is where they've like just stolen the model and taken it downstairs for their pitch. Yeah, because uh, Lydia won't help summon the ghost, so like Ofo's going to do it with the book. And this is the seance. I, I genuinely felt sad rewatching this. Like this, this actually like really got to me. Why? Um, like sad for the characters, or just sad? Sad, sad for 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 Alec and Gina. Like. Okay. When they're all shriveled up yeah. and like they're looking at each other so depressingly, like and, like holding each other's hand. When he holds her hand and, and her fingers like, like fall off, wedding gown and stuff. His jaw yeah, falls yeah. off at one point. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> ooh, yeah. So the living now let the dead come alive. Um, and Gina, like you know, we started like upstairs. Like Gina goes invisible, like Marty McFly and Back to the Future, and later you know she starts <laughs> to animate into her her wedding dress. Um, well, because I mean, it's like their whole. It's not just their physical appearance. Like their entire essence is at risk of being eradicated by these people. Right. I feel like there is some kind of like deeper theme and meaning to this movie that I'm not totally capable of grasping and that I think is there. Um, he like halfway went. He like was halfway there, maybe. Yeah. You know. There's there is some kind of very twisted marquee that has this movie and Parasite on it at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, blah, blah, blah. Lydia goes to find Beetlejuice. He's in the cemetery in the model again. And now he's in the iconic striped suit. I did like the moment earlier when he's trying to get her to say Beetlejuice and she only says it twice. And then she kind of like smiles and it's just like, no, I'm on to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Barbara just comes up and stops him. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, so he, like, don't say it. He needs you a child bride. <laughs> I don't know what this gets him. Does he become? It, it gets him uh, out, I think, um, somehow. Out of the model? Or- out of. I don't know. I think, well, I don't, I don't think you're, I think you're focusing too much on the model. Mm-hmm. He just is there because he, that's who he chose when he was like looking at the like obituaries. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to focus on this couple. But I think when you say his name, regardless of who you are is that's the way of getting him out of 
like the dark realm, like when they go to like Juno's office or something is maybe mm-hmm. like the darker area, mm-hmm. but, and it's not in the middle. It's not um, purgatory. Well, I think He's there's, like, there's some sort of idea that by having a human summon him, that is like crossing some threshold or, or something like that. And that he can yeah. then marry her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I he mean, can already be seen by the living. Yeah. So it's like, is he, I, I kept thinking like, does he become like corporeal? Is he like, I mean, he's corporeal enough. He's, he's whipping Otho in the balls earlier. Like, I, I, <laughs> does he just kill Robert Gouillet and his wife? Like they just like go into the attic or whatever. They get like launched up there by his, uh, the, the weird like hammer thing, you know? I mean, I would like to like, that's what I would like to think happens. Mm-hmm. They're dead. <laughs> Honestly. They're mangled bodies. They're just like smushed in a pile yeah. of blood. Yeah. Like, here's your attic that you love so much. Deal with these dead bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the happy ending later where it's just like Jeffrey Jones is like, now that we've dodged those murder charges. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. It's it's at, on the one hand, it's like less scary, but more terrifying like the the stuff he does with like the big mallet hands and whatnot, and say like uh, like the it movie with the clown, you know. I was gonna say it's there's some Stephen King circus nightmare shit here. Mm-hmm. You like little, you got a lot of bats. There's all like there's like actual Jack Skellington on his fucking head. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the beach starts arranging the wedding. He gets like Lydia in a red wedding dress. Um, which you know I hope this isn't on your trivia, but like I love the apparently there's an old nursery rhyme about wedding dress colors. Married in red, better off dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what um, I read as well. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the Deezes are trapped in their hideous sculptures brought to life so that they can be forced to be witnesses. Um, the the torture that he does to Otho is he just puts him in a blue suit. Dude. Like a periwinkle blue why? suit. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's My like the height is- of bad fashion or something. Yeah. And like, I'm like, is Ortho just so upset because of the color? And he just like, it's like the spotlight on him, and it looks like a scene, honestly, from like the PV movie. But like, there's spotlight, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm in like this fucking periwinkle blue," and just has to like speed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I always thought that part was weird. I enjoy it, but it's weird. Uh, yeah. So, so Adam and Barbara try to like rescue them. Alex teeth and gums fall out like they're dentures. He like puts a zipper on Gina's mouth, and then like a like a metal clamp. Uh, yeah, I I definitely seen that part because I remember the Beetlejuice unzip Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite parts is just he, the unzipping. It's just very <laughs> dramatic. I like it. You know, you mentioned the Joker earlier. The, the right before he changes into his like weird red tux or whatever, he does a move where he pulls a comb out and he's like combing his hair. I would swear Heath Ledger does the exact same thing in the dark. Oh, he night. does. Yeah, when he goes to meet Anne <laughs> yeah, Hathaway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not Anne Hathaway. No, oh, sorry, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> not Rachel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just the, uh, again, I'm just going to pull back to that moment. Cause you made me think of it when he's just like, let her go. Poor choice of words. <laughs> uh, yeah. The ring for the wedding comes from a dismembered finger. That he had the finger still in. She meant nothing to me. Yeah. Um, he's distracted by Alec Baldwin and then Gina Davis fucking hero rides a sandworm through the ceiling and it gobbles them up and takes them to the ground. Hell yeah. I should also How mention that happened. I, was, Who knows? I want to say I watched this like late at night when I was very tired and like I was I had not been drinking, but I was like, 
am I high right now or something? Like <laughs> I was in like this like mental state where I'm like, is this real? Is this happening? Am I dreaming? Nice. I don't blame you mm-hmm. at all, James. I don't blame you. Cause it's, it feels like that for me. I've seen it so many times and I'm just like, how the fuck did she get on a sandworm? And how is she killing Beetlejuice? I don't get it. But you know, you don't ask questions. I'm just like, I'm just gonna, you know, and, and all my bitching, out. <laughs> literally like her, like all my bitching about other things. I was like, this doesn't bother me at all. This is perfect. What the weird mm-hmm. little like preacher guy who's doing the ceremony. Like, <laughs> It's at the point in the movie where you, you don't question anymore. You're like, okay, it's just some weird little gr- gremlin dude with a giant like skull face. Sure, yeah, whatever. Like, you're the preacher. You cool. just have to accept like this is happening. I guess mm-hmm. like this well, is the movie now. This would be Beetlejuice's guy. This would be the guy that he calls. <laughs> like he, he calls his name three times. Yeah, the preacher disappears. Yeah, <laughs> he does the thing where he covers her mouth and like talks with you know when own writer's voice. I'm Lydia and a sound mind. Man, next to me is the one I want. You asked me. I'm answering. Yeah. Uh, so so then we get to like the little epilogue where we see Lydia at her all-girls school. I like that she's wearing a normal school uniform, but she's got like the like the black skirt, like the lacy skirt under it. Like it's like her, I don't know, funeral bridal dress. It's like just a little bit goth out, yeah. Yeah. She still has to have her Aria vibes, you mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. Um, Alec Baldwin and Gina get back to the house, or she gets back to the house. They're there. They're like recovered all of their furniture. I think her they bangs remodeled. might actually be worse now. This is like <laughs> this is approaching uh, Courtney Cox and Screen Three territory. This hair. How was that real? For real? Just like stop everything. How was that? Those a real are thing? the worst bangs that have ever existed in the that world. Ever existed? I, I definitely. I'm. I, for for reference, I had to pull up the GIF because I okay. I have it saved. Of course, like I feel like this is the one time where bangs look good on a person, and I think it doesn't look bad here. But yes, it absolutely is. Like these are Courtney Cox's bangs, but like the 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 better version. Better version. But I think Man, that fucking movie though. I remember like James and I saw that movie after like, a night of no sleep, mm-hmm. and it's when when Jay and Silent Bob show up in that fucking movie that I just like threw my fucking hands up. Green <laughs> three like trash yeah i really hate to say it like i will watch scream i which i did like two nights ago and two and four Mm -hmm. love them but scream three i'm like i've seen it twice and we'll probably never watch it again (laughs) no remorse it is such trash that i'm good even worse is when when nev says what's your favorite scary movie and fucking patrick dempsey of all cheesy (laughs) assholes is like my life (laughs) i'm just like god fucking damn it (laughs) Throw it all away. Throw it all away. Uh, <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> yeah, this is the part of the movie where it's like this movie has this like oddly sweet charm because it's like it's like this really almost saccharine ending where it's like, hey, look, they have a daughter now. They're like a happy family and they're talking about like how'd you do on your tests and whatnot. Like it's yeah. it's played so straight that it's like it's it's almost bizarre that this is mixed in a movie with horny uh, Michael Keaton and all the weird horseshit that they're doing. Well, it's like so. So they're 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 checking on the test. She's teasing them. They have this banter. They have this rapport. Elsewhere in the house, Jeffrey Jones is like he hears the music and he's like, "Oh my gosh, she did okay on the test or whatever." And it's like, "You're her father, asshole!" Like, I know <laughs> that they're the, better parents. But what the fuck? You, you why are the shit? ghosts taking care of them? They're just yeah. like, uh, you know what? The ghosts want to be her mom and dad. So fine, we'll just do her own thing. 
Jeffrey Jones is like, I just want to live inside my study until I die in this study. Well, and it's confusing why Delia is just like okay with everything now. Cause like you said, like the house like looks reverted to like yeah. how it used to be. So now she's just happy living with ghosts in this old house that she fucking hated just because there's ghosts there. Maybe and she doesn't have to take care of Liddy anymore. Maybe she's like, maybe oh, that's off my hands. She's gone insane. And now well, she is taking Jeffrey Jones with her. <laughs> she's made a sculpture of the creepy Beetlejuice snakehead thing. So, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. I forgot about that. That she did. Maybe that just changed her for the better. But yeah, so, so they're change. they're cohabitating. Oh, okay. And, I mean, I don't know why uh, Lydia's levitating, but get it. Dance she looks happy. Song. You know? She looks so fucking happy. She got an A on her math test. Get it? The the especially the part you can see when she's melting along to the words "Okay, I believe you." Like that's the mm-hmm. gift. She looks so fucking happy because yeah. So there is a line that you can trace. Speaking in like gifts, from that yeah. to the one of Aria when she's playing air hockey with Holden and she does the, <laughs> the thing. Yes. So, so yes. You can, you can see like why that one why one appeals to me because the other's been trapped in my oh, brain. Oh my god! Well, I know what I'm doing after this podcast. We'll <laughs> <laughs> find that episode and I will put it on because I yeah I have a slight remembrance of that episode, but that's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, but then we get the apparently they went back and they filmed this scene because they wanted more Beetlejuice of him in the waiting room. We get the lady in half. He's like caressing the legs again. This is Tim Burton's real life girlfriend. He's like, yeah, touch her. Um, and the witch doctor. And the shrinking his head there, which feels like a perfect like 80s gag to end the movie on. Yeah. Trying to switch his number out. Got your head shrunk, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, was that was that whole thing of like take a number? Like, was that like created in the 80s? Because I feel like that's in so many movies where there's like anxiety about waiting for your fucking number to be called. Well, and like the confusing. So when they like, when um, Adam and Barbara first go into the whole receptionist area, the take a number, mm-hmm. they're literally just like pulling yeah, yeah. every yeah, yeah. number out. And I'm like, so you're not going to get the first number. You're getting a longer number. I think, dude. I think the yeah. gag like, is that the number is that long. That That's how I, I read that. Like, it's, okay. 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 But that makes more sense. Yeah, it's very and much you, like a you, DMV thing. Like, you know, like just take a number and wait. Like the DMV used to be extra horrible where they didn't have like big electric signage telling you what yeah. number is up or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's mul- there's not just numbers, there's also letters. It's like letters yeah. and codes, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you can get like B26. Um but yeah, like and yet the B just like it all fits on one slip. Anyway. Mm-hmm. That's uh, for you LA folk. Or <laughs> you're not in LA, but you're California folk. California folk, yeah. Montanans, we we don't have that. Oh, here. no fancy electric board. <laughs> I'll bet the DMV is quicker there. Oh, uh, 100%. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> Took me like uh, 15 minutes last time. So. Right. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Not to brag or anything, but. <laughs> well, now when you go to the DMV here, there's like two lines. There's like the normal schmuck line and there's the like you pre-registered online for yeah. your appointment mm-hmm. line. It's it's like a, it's like the fucking airport when you just like do the express <laughs> check-in. Dude, it totally is. Like, I, I have my Express one. I'm just going to skip through all you fuckers who have been waiting for an hour. Yeah. 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 Sounds about right. <laughs> all right. And that is Beetlejuice. It just ends with uh, another shot of Winona Ryder dancing with, like, the ghost uh, football players dancing in the background. 
Did you so, read about the the sequel? I know they talked about doing it was like Beetlejuice in Hawaii or something like that. Yeah. Like the Dietzes were gonna open up a hotel and like piss off Hawaiian ghosts. So they were gonna like hire Beetlejuice to come. It just sounds like a cultural nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> sounds terrible. I kind of read about it, but I didn't really do like a huge deep dive on it just because I felt like it was canceled, so there was really no need to. Yeah. Um and, and for the better, I think. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, it's not working, so just whatever with it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to know on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate this movie at? Cause I'd put it at like a solid seven for me personally. I'd probably do at least seven point five, I feel like. Oh like it's, just, it's so unique and weird. I feel like I have to give it a lot of credit for that. Um I don't know it. it I definitely like I would probably rank it higher had I seen it as a kid, you know, a hundred times or whatever. Right. So I feel like mm. it's like because I, I have had friends who like they never saw the Goonies and like they finally saw it and they're like their 20s or 30s and they're like, I don't get what the big deal is. And I'm like, how dare you? Yeah. you know? <laughs> That's yeah. how I was with the Goonies. Yeah. I never saw it until I was like 25 and mm. I was like, this is cool, but like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would give it at least a seven. I mean, as a kid, I probably gave this like a 9.5, but like right now it's, it's a seven. I have a lot of frustrations with it, but like it, it has moments of intense, authentic charm. Absolutely. Um, I think Jeffrey Jones kind of like brings it down a little bit, which sucks because <laughs> I love his acting, but it's just the whole, you know, well, we all know. Speaking of Jeffrey it, Jones. Which makes it more uncomfortable yeah. a little bit, but. My, dude, I'm my boyfriend. He was like, "What? Are, why don't you do American Beauty?" And I was like, "Absolutely oh, not." <laughs> what? What like, a feel-good movie. That will not happen. But also, what a feel-good fucking movie. Uh, oh god! What a joy to revisit Ricky Fitz. Yeah, <sighs> I love that actor so much. <laughs> I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, but, oh, thank you. Yeah. He's Which just he's went like on the to hero do, in my dreams. He's in Hunger yeah. Games. Yeah. Yeah, he is only for the first one mm. though, and then he dies. He well, both. it's like he went from American Beauty to do a terrible movie called Soul Survivors of Eliza Dushku, which I saw. I love Eliza Dushku, but I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's, it's with good reason. It's it's terrible. <laughs> so don't watch it. I I mean, like if you like really bad '90s movies, <laughs> you know, or, sometimes I'm in the mood for a bad '90s movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was saying, okay. speaking of uh, Jeffrey Jones, I'll do my make one change here. Uh, recast mm-hmm. Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> Even though I think he's fine in this movie, but like, you know, watching now, you're like, ooh. Uh, but if I, if I wasn't going to do that, I feel like I wouldn't have minded more Beetlejuice. He's only in the movie for like 15 minutes or something. So if there was more of him, I definitely wouldn't have minded. I feel that. Can I go? Yeah, go. Yes, please. Uh, for my make one change, which... It's not about the movie as a whole, but my least favorite scene is the snake scene when Beetlejuice comes out and he's the whole reeling and just the way the animation looks and the fact that it wasn't Michael Keaton's face. Mm -hmm. It's so over the top when this movie is already over the top that I just feel like it's it's too much. Mm -hmm. I I like and I know they had to get Beetlejuice out to the deets in some way. But I feel like there was better ways to do it. And that scene is just like, every time I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> I just, I just don't enjoy it. Rather and than so, a, a, like a lecherous, gross phallic symbol. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
Yeah. Which, <laughs> which reminds me, like, he's in another terrible movie years later called Jack Frost. That's in right. Which yeah, he's, a, he's cast. Don't remind enough, me. <laughs> he's cast late enough in the movie that the snowman is not, like, does not look like him. Yeah. Because for some reason, the art department was told they were going to have George Clooney. So they, like, made the snowman look like George Clooney. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Not that it looks Thanks, like George Marco. Clooney. Not that it looks like George Clooney, but that was, like, their goal. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> my my thing would just be, besides Jeffrey Jones, would be kind of narrow in on, like, who is the main character here? Like, like just... I feel like there's some characterization that you could absolutely do. Is it is it Alec and Gina's movie? Is it Winona's movie? Is it the three of theirs movie? Like, it seems like it's just kind of all over the place. And I would like yeah. to just, like, dial in a little bit more. Because I don't have a problem with Beetlejuice being the title antagonist. Um, but, yeah. No, that makes total sense. I get that. Because it feels like it should be, uh, like, Gina and Alex's movie. But... yeah. And there's Lydia, mm, and then there's yeah. you know there's everyone, so it's kind of a big mixture. I mean, it seems to start with Alec and Gina, and then it ends with Lydia. Uh, yeah. By the way, I just remember but then Lydia's living in their house, and they're all just a big happy family. It's kind of confusing. I agree. It's full house, yeah. <laughs> full house with ghosts. Yeah. Uh, I just remembered where I last saw Wes Bentley. He was the uh, the new husband in Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> He's uh, oh, that's Michelle right. Monaghan's like new husband. Yeah. I would not have watched that because I don't watch really action movies. So. It's <laughs> a it's a choice West West Bentley role. I'd put it that way. He because his you cast him because you want that intense weirdo stare. Of I him. think you want to always be a little unsure of that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like a, it's like a facial thing for me. Like he has like such like the tightest top lip you've ever seen. And then I look at Josh Radner from like How I Met Your Mother, and I'm like. At the same time, you guys like almost look like the exact same, but like completely different. But yeah, I don't know what it is about West West Bentley, but West Bentley, he just looks like a guy who's just like he's staring at you, and behind his eyes, he's thinking, "Do I remember how to blink?" And he's just dreaming about that plastic bag, Mm -hmm. man. It's beautiful. (laughs) All right, what are our best and worst pieces of IMDb trivia, or just any trivia about this movie? So uh, for my trivia, I feel like all of mine was already talked about throughout this entire thing. Um, Yeah, honestly, the biggest thing I would like to highlight, sorry, Marco, but would be the biggest, baddest piece of trivia was the 1989 Beetlejuice cartoon. I'm really upset that that happened because I hate it so much. Sorry. But um, that's my only trivia because everything else was highlighted throughout this. It's, it's one of those things like I, I honestly thought about watching an episode on YouTube last night. But I was like, I, I shouldn't because I will hate it. I, I will fucking hate it. The well, version of that that exists in my mind is perfect. Keep it. Because sometimes yeah. if you go back to things that are like so nostalgic, if you watch it again, it kind of ruins it. So yeah. let it be that in your mind. And well, then- but also in general, they are clearly dating in that cartoon, regardless <laughs> of the age. Dude, he calls her babe. Yeah, they're the clearly whole time he's dating. And feely, it's really yeah. uncomfortable for me. He's he's legitimately in his own gross way affectionate with her. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a functioning if you could call it that relationship. And so that's why, like, when I'm like halfway through this movie, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to see these two get together. Like, this is not working for me. Dude, okay, so really, this quick, is like um, watching Ari and Esther get married <laughs> <laughs> again. Jesus, I don't want to go through that. Um. <clears throat> 
really quick on i have the dvd of beetlejuice mm-hmm. so my boyfriend had never seen the cartoon i put it on for him and the car that they have is his name is doomy mm-hmm. like doom mm-hmm. but doomy and so she looks at him and she says doomy beetlejuice (laughs) and instantly he was like can we turn it off and i'm like yes it's like i think this is illegal yeah i was like i'm very uncomfortable now so anyways that's how i feel about um, is it is it walk hard where uh they're doing the the johnny cash and june carter cash parody thing i think it's like the song that they're singing is let's duet yeah And they just keep saying, let's duet to each other. <laughs> uh, so um, I'll, I'll go uh, my uh, best piece of trivia. You mentioned the DVD. Um, Beetlejuice was the first DVD shipped by Netflix in 1998. I thought that's a yes. pretty cool distinction to have. Like, uh, And it's that's like, what a cool. nice choice. You know, like it could have been something yeah. lame, but it was Beetlejuice. Yeah. Super uh, dope. I have two things. Um one of them, I, you, you probably saw it, was they, they, he wanted to call this movie, or the movie was, the script was called House Ghosts. <laughs> so as a joke, because Tim Burton hated it, he suggested the name Scared Sheetless. <laughs> and he was horrified when the studio was like, that's not bad. <laughs> Which I'm like, kind of like, I kind of don't hate Scared Sheetless. It's dumb, but like, it, it makes sense. Um, but my other trivia that I love is that this is Michael Keaton's favorite movie of his. This is Alec Baldwin's least favorite movie of his. <laughs> I knew the Michael Keaton part, but not the Alec Baldwin part. I think it's just the hair. I think he's got to look at his hair and the fact that he's like sleepwalking through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like my opinion, like this is like the best he's looked. Oh, absolutely. He's super hungry. Like, he looks so great. And like, so like, that's why I was like, when I think of Alec Baldwin, I don't think of how he looks here. I think of how he looks now. Well, some, and so it's so confusing to me when I see this movie and I'm like, that's Alec Baldwin. Well, somehow we're like, what is Hunt for Red October? Like three years later or something? He looks yeah. like Alec Baldwin now, like three years later. Yeah, it's like something changed. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like and, how and, did that change so he, much? His career, even before he uh, gets older in the middle, like he, he dives into, or he steers into like the creepy parts. Like, I don't know if you either remember like the trailer from Malice, the movie of Nicole Kidman. Vaguely, yeah. Where he's like he's like a surgeon, and the whole trailer like setup is that he's on like the stand after a malpractice suit, and he's just like, "I save lives every day." You're asking me if I feel like I'm a god. I am a god, and it's just like, <laughs> or like he's in the shadow, which is a movie that I secretly kind of love. Oh, god, which that is- movie. One hundred percent, like they're trying to chase the high of Batman, mm-hmm. and he's fucking creepy in that movie. Like, there's nothing fuckable about him in it. I don't know. He's he's a hunk in this movie. And then, meanwhile, what the hell is Gina Davis wearing throughout this movie? <laughs> <laughs> She's in a cult. Where are the other sister wives, man? Which is which is weird because I've I've seen so few Gina Davis movies comparatively. Like, I've seen obviously League of Their Own like a thousand times. I've never seen, and this is where James will freak out. I've never seen Long Kiss Goodnight. I was a big Gina Davis fan back in the day. I saw Cutthroat Island like twice in the theater, and that is a yeah. terrible movie. Um, it's a god awful yeah. movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, a Long Kiss Goodnight, classic Gina Davis. Um, my yeah. other piece of trivia here: um, file this under one under worst because it's, it's such a bizarre thing. Uh, apparently, they um, the the foam the foam latex like prosthetic pieces for like the weird face pull. They like found those. Some English couple like found it in an attic uh, for when they're filming some like reality TV show, 
and they like tried to put them up on auction to raise money, but they're in such bad condition that no one bought them. It's just like that's just sad. Yeah. That sounds pretty awful. Yeah, it's just like okay. What? <laughs> I'm so confused by everything you just said. Why? <laughs> just why? Yeah. Oh, I that that is just a terrible piece of trivia. So wanted to highlight that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, is this movie better than I am number four? Go ahead and say yes. I don't think we've had one so far where we said no. Um, there's I one. Have- I have never seen that movie. Oh, you should go so watch it. I have no clue. Marco mentioned that when he was asking me, or when I asked him about like the whole movie tier. Um, I have absolutely no clue what you guys are talking <laughs> about. So just unclude my opinion here. I I feel like we covered it in the podcast, but it is absolutely... We did that movie, right? We I did think we it. did a, po- a podcast on it, yeah. I almost want to do it again. Uh, but... Uh, it's an absolutely just dumb, fun movie because it's so dumb. It's so it's so YA. Dumb. Like it, it just it feels like it's been constructed from the pieces of other like Harry Potter and Twilight and and stuff like that. You know, I mean, literally, that's that's what James Frey like is, like is set it up for. But like, like why does Timothy Oliphant like show up with like Frank T.J. Mackey's haircut? Mm-hmm. Who, who cares? Who cares? So what is what is the middle movie? Okay, don't get mad okay. <laughs> um oh, okay i don't know if you've ever seen it but i did so i married an axe murderer oh, oh fuck that's a great so movie i happen to movie. love that movie so I, i'd yeah. have to say okay, no for so, that okay so i was gonna be scared i was like they're either not gonna have seen this movie or they're gonna love this movie mm-hmm. yeah. and for me like i remember growing up with this movie my mom loved this movie and I was kind of thinking of the same comedy slash horror drama type. For me personally, I think Beetlejuice is better, but that's just the personal opinion. So the fact that you're yeah. asking us to compare those two, I feel is evil. Like the fruits <laughs> of the devil. Evil. I mean, I, I think had I. Oh, man. Whoa, oh, man. Oh, man. All right, let me do that one more. The Scottish have a martial arts. It's called Fuck You. <laughs> Hell yeah. And they all took turns pissing in the bitch's ocular cavities. Yeah. No, if okay. if I had seen uh, Beetlejuice a bunch as a kid, I might have the kind of attachment that I do for So I Married an Axe Murder. So like, right. because of that, I had to rank So I Married an Axe Murder higher. So I Married just, an Axe Murderer might be like the time we do a comedy on this podcast. Yeah. I'm just so happy that you guys actually knew it because I like took like a, like a baby nap today. And I was like, I have to change my middle movie because we're like, they're not going to know what that movie is. And then, oh no, we're we're I'm, we're nineties bitches. So, mm-hmm. Well, well, that's what I thought too. But yeah. y'all had never seen Beetlejuice, so <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I think the first time okay. I saw Sorry, Mary and Axe Murder was at the drive-in, actually. Nice. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Nice. No, it was one of the ones like I remember my mom like she would put it on all the like not all the time, but it was one of the ones that because it's not like a horror mm-hmm. movie. Right, you right. Know, quote unquote, but it was, it's just such a fun time. So. I mean, if you're listening to this and you've never seen this movie, but like you listen to 17 different murder podcasts, I beg you to go find this movie. <laughs> well, it's, it's right it's, to fuck up your It's hour. on Hulu. They just oh, added nice. it. Yes. And, you know, yes. the first thing I did, because like, I really what I'm doing after this. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Hulu right now. I would like picked it or I had watched like not even a month ago. 
And I saw it and I was like, well, I guess I'm watching this movie again because they just had it. Oh, it's back before Tonight. Mike Myers like went off the deep end. Like he's like legit yeah. funny in this movie. Yeah. He's so funny. Tonight I will be watching that movie along with whatever fucking Peyton Manning commercial <laughs> they shoved down my goddamn throat. Yeah. Look at that big ass forehead. <laughs> All right. What's the top uh, one? So is this movie better than Jurassic Park? I would say no for me, although I can see how this would capture the imagination of kids the same way Jurassic Park did. Yeah, yeah, I would say the same. I'm saying no. Okay. Um, so my question for you guys is, do you change your lower and top movies, or do you guys keep it the same? It's always the same, although I don't know, maybe we should change it. I think the one I really like on this one is just, I, I love thinking about I Am Number 4, so I'll, I'm always happy to think about that every time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that, but... I didn't know you guys were going to do the same movie that you have been doing. Well, so we 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 changed out the middle one last time because I think Kayla had never seen Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher, or, uh, Jack Jack Reacher, um, and it was like that's fair. <laughs> I'm not saying you should run out and see Jack Reacher, and that was when we were kind of just like these are just kind of picked on the fly, like they could change, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So okay. that's what that's what I mean. I, I didn't know if you had seen Jack Reacher. I'm guessing not because you don't watch a lot of action movies. You said nope. I'm I'm not an action movie gal. Not at okay, all. but that's that's why I was like, you know what? You should pick a middle movie because it'll be just more interesting for all of us that way. Um, well, we should I'm, we should have you pick the lower movie too. <laughs> I'm just super stoked that I picked a movie that you guys actually knew because I was like, I literally had a nap and I like had like a vision. They're like, they're not gonna know what that is. And I was like, fuck! Like I was looking up like should I do Fright Night? But I'm like, Fright Night's like one of my favorite movies. Like, and Fright Night was obviously better than Beetlejuice. So yes, the older so I'm an expert. It's like burned in my brain. I watched that movie so many times in the mid '90s. Okay. It's it, that to me, like if you were to ask I'm me, so like. Happy. What what do you think of in the '90s? It's like this big, big giant coffee cup of a cappuccino and everything. Uh, excuse yeah. me, I ordered the large. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, man. Whoa. She stole my cat. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know where my cat is, man. Uh, but yeah, this is like that's one of those movies, obviously, where we could just sit and <laughs> for like two hours. Oh yes. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. that was fun. Um, before we go, any anything you want to talk about trouble wise, or do you want to take that off the air? Uh no, super dope, super super dope. Um, I don't want to like do any <laughs> like uh, spoilers or anything, but obviously the twin thing, obviously the friends thing, um, the fact that you made Declan Ezra Dillian. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's Dylan or Dillian, but hello like and there were so many obvious a things and then in the second book you have your anonymous <laughs> um you know mm-hmm. i i'm a peel lover with with both of y'all so i just applaud that very much Excellent. good job and i can't wait for the third cool awesome well thanks for reading and thanks for participating in the contest i think we had a lot yeah. of fun here tonight um, yeah thank you we might do justice league next if we hate ourselves or we might do something else i think we'll figure it out <laughs> that that look for marco yeah he's excited now i kind of want to make him do justice league <laughs> all right well thanks for joining us savannah uh where can we find you online uh my insta is uh sassy savvy 27 and my um twitter is sassy underscore 
savvy at 27. I'm super <laughs> original. Let me tell you what. Um, yeah, I'm not very active on either of those accounts, but you know, I'm there. So thank you. Thanks for having like, me. This has been super fun. I felt like there was more sass when you said the underscore. <laughs> it was like the Instagram was kind of sassy and like the Twitter was like <laughs> way sassy. <laughs> you know, I like I pick and choose, I guess. Like I don't mentally do it, but my mind is just like, this is time to bring out your real sass. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys so much. It's been awesome. You're welcome. Cool. Pleasure to have you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.